Newport Township Trustee Meeting for June the 4th, 2020. Uh, as you can see tonight, we are practicing uh, suggestions put forward by the COVID-19 principles of social distancing. I know when you walked in tonight, your temperature was taken by Mr. Cullums. Uh, we've been sanitizing the room. We had some meetings earlier this evening. We sanitized the place. There's plenty of uh, uh, liquid if you need to rub your hands, take care of your hands, and we have masks if you need masks. Uh, it's good to be back in this room. This was it's a bit of wait. Uh, of course, you can see this now. We're, we Zoom the meetings before. You can see it now on uh, <coughs> social media and on our website. Our uh, invocation this evening uh, will be read by our administrator, Mr. Ray Warwick. If you would stand for that, please. If you're able. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're gathered here this evening for one of our local government meetings all over the fabulous planet that you made for us your children have gathered to form governments. We've been blessed by you in our country to have the longest surviving government in history. The republic we call the United States of America was founded on principles that come from you. We are grateful to be blessed that you granted the wisdom to our forefathers to establish this government based around basic human rights. And those rights as given by you and can only be taken by you. We pray that our elected officials and public servants remember the founding principles of our country. <laughs> As always, we ask you to hold our first responders in your loving hands. Every day they see things that should be unseen, they hear things that should be unheard, and they need your strength to continue to unselfishly serve us. That strength can only come from you. Also, Heavenly Father, would you please embrace our elected officials as they make the hard decisions in the public forum of ever-competing ideas. We ask all of this in our Savior's name as we proclaim, Amen. Amen. Please remain standing for our Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <coughs> now we ask uh, our fiscal officer, Mr. Porter, to please call the roll. Uh, Mr. LaBarbera. Here. Mr. James. Here. Mr. Weedman. Present. And, uh, Mr. Porter, you also have the honor to tell us about the bills and the receipts that you have. Yes, we had um, receipts of $884,135.25, disbursements of $450,758.50. A complete list of all receipts and disbursements is available in your packet and in the office for your review. Motion to approve. Second. Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. And now we have a presentation of uh, Eagle Scout candidate. Harrison Painter. Hello, I'm Harrison Painter. I am looking to be an Eagle Scout, and I am proposing to build a few back boxes. 
the the bat boxes are beneficial to the community because they they prevent mosquitoes and other things like that. Uh, they keep bats out of people's attics, and they produce guano, which is their excrement, which is a fantastic fertilizer for crops. I will be using bat box kits that are supplied by a couple websites that that are approved by the BCI, and this one is a single chamber, but we will be using dual chamber bat houses. They will be painted dark colors, so they won't they won't stand out, and they will absorb sunlight. <coughs> I most of them will probably be mounted on poles, so I can position them wherever I wish. But some of them can also be mounted on trees or sides of buildings if they are in the correct position. I like to cross them together, that way the bats can move from one house to another easily. The first place that I would like to put them is, is Bethel Park, the northern area, because there's a body of water and open area facing the south, so they can absorb, the houses can absorb sunlight to keep them warm in the winter. And it's not <coughs> too close to people, so they, there will be low traffic. The second area is right outside uh, because there's also a body of water. It's slightly less secluded, but there is a bat house that I saw earlier that is already here. So putting them together makes it more likely that they will be inhabited. I, if, you, if there are any other places that I didn't find that will be suitable, that would be nice to have your input on that. Other than that, I just need permission to install them, and I do not need any money. <laughs> That's always really good to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Mr. Warwick, you want to weigh in on this? Well, I think it's fantastic. Do we have to have a motion or something? To Deepak, do we need a motion? Any questions for Harrison? Um, I just have a couple questions. Hi, uh, my name is Deepak Desai. I'm the law director for Sycamore Township. This is not my usual look, but you will, you will pardon me given the circumstances. Um, so as far as um, maintenance on the uh, bat houses, who will continue to maintain them through the they, years? They don't need any maintenance. They will, unless they fall off, then they don't need to be maintained at all. In that event, would you or somebody from the Boy Scouts come back and replace <coughs> them, or what's the plan with that? If it falls off, they're not going to be using it, so it doesn't really need to be replaced. Because even if I put the same another house back up, they probably wouldn't go back there. And how many are you planning on putting up? About ten. Ten. A few in each area, if possible. Okay. And how will you access? It looks like they have to go up pretty high. How will you? How will you accomplish that? Uh, my name's Rob Painter. I'm the Scoutmaster and Harrison's father. I'm going to whisper in his ear that the answer. <laughs> uh, they, <laughs> they will be attached to the pole before the pole is put up. So you're actually going to uh, utilize new poles and put them up? Yes. Okay. So um, 
obviously the township would want to have some input on where those poles are located, especially if they would go into a park. Um, obviously, we're always concerned about liability, Mr. Painter. Um, you know, if um, the trustees are agreeable to doing it, um, and I have all kinds of bats in my backyard, and I love it because you're right, it really reduces the mosquitoes. Um, we would want, you know, obviously a, a release signed so that if anything were to, to happen, uh, the township would not be held liable. Um, I'm a lawyer, these are the type of things I think about, so, you know, understand. Yeah, so. Uh, you probably thought he was Batman since he's wearing a mask, though. <laughs> yeah, right. If it was black, it would be better, right? There you go. Um, you know, we, we'd also probably put in that document an indemnification that if there was any damage to property or, or individuals, uh, you know, we'd want that to uh, be covered. So, um, you know, there would be a document that we'd have to put together if the, if the uh, Board of Trustees are so inclined to move forward with it. Um, the one thing I might suggest to the board, um, again, I mean, it sounds like a great idea, um, is to maybe get some more specifics on it, you know, what exactly are the poles going to look like, how high are the poles going to be, where exactly are they going to be placed either under option A or option B. Um, you know, those are the type of details that I think would be helpful <coughs> to the board. I think this was just an introductory proposal. I, I, I think, you know, they're willing to, to work with township staff to, to, to iron out the specifics. Okay. Uh, we'd be happy to look at any document I put forward. I, something else we'd like to ask for is maybe one point of contact to maybe somebody from the township, whether it's Skyler or, or Mr. Kellums, that could be our one source of contact that we could work out the details yeah. with. We, we'd enjoy that. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I mean, I think, you know, if this is a preliminary, um, you know, proposal, um, sounds like uh, you know there's some interest in doing it and working with uh, with your son and the Boy Scouts to do that. I would maybe suggest that the board allow the detailed uh, plans to be put forth, and then you'll know exactly what you're uh, motioning uh, to approve or, or not at that okay. point. Um, Ray, do you have a preference on point of contact? I'd, I'd be happy to. Yeah, I mean, it's going in. It's going in township parks. Yeah. So I, you know, so I'm, I'm happy to and my staff. make introductions. And so. as a Eagle Scout from Troop 18, I'd be happy to. <laughs> there we go. Uh, you were an Eagle Scout. Great. Yes, sir. You were from the same troop he's from. Very good. Oh, that's terrific. You are. It's really good. I am yes. an Eagle Scout. <laughs> yes. And where does your troop meet? Uh, we meet at Saint Savior Deer Park area. Yeah. Very good. Harrison, what's your, what's your timeline on this? Are you, is it July, the end of July? Or? As soon as possible, probably, probably late June. Okay. So we have um, <coughs> on the 16th, if I'm not mistaken, we have a workshop meeting, is that right? So if you could um, you know, get something to us um, next week, that would allow us to you know, call through it and then be prepared on the 16th to move <coughs> forward with a motion. Mr. Desai, you will also prepare uh, a document for indemnification on liability. Thank you. Tracy, do you have any concerns about this? I assume not. It sounds like a good idea. Okay, and there's no zoning concern, I assume, right? No, not at all. Very good. <laughs> do we, let me just ask, 
my fellow trustees, do we need to be the ones to approve the final design or should we consider delegating that to Mr. Kellums uh, as part of his responsibilities with the park to be consistent I mean, with those I, I would delegate to Mr. Kellums. I would too. He's an Eagle Scout. Yep. Yes. If that's the case, we could, Absolutely. I think, approve it now if, if we wanted to do so unless uh, either of you two gentlemen <coughs> caution otherwise. You know, I'm always going to caution otherwise, right? Um, I'd like to, I'd like to see the full plan and the specifics I mentioned. Um, and it sounds like that would still work with your timing if we could get this before the board on June 16th. So I'd recommend uh, waiting till then. Does that work, AK? Okay. okay. That works. Very impressive. Very Good nice. job. Thank you. Very nice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Okay. Next item. Uh, public comments and uh, Mr. Yes. Warwick, our administrator has the floor. Good job, Harrison, handling our attorney. Are you going to go to law school by any chance? <laughs> okay. So curious. We, we asked for reservations for public comments <coughs> and so uh, when I call you up, you have to stand on this X and please just don't pay any attention to the boom. Address the board, not the microphone, but do stay on the X because <laughs> Uh, we want to make sure we get you in the camera shot. We're having a little trouble with our live stream this evening, so we want to make sure we get you on the record. Uh, the first person tonight is Mr. Standish Fortin, and I would ask the board if uh, you would please suspend the four-minute rule for him. He had originally asked to be on the agenda. There was some confusion about which meeting it was <coughs> going to be, so he may need a little more than four minutes, and if... Uh, um, I'd just ask if maybe you'd give him a little more time if he needs it. Absolutely. Yep. Fine with me. Yep. You want to just do a quick motion for a voice vote? Motion to, uh, to suspend the uh, four-minute rule. I'll, I'll make a motion to suspend the four-minute rule. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? <coughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Do you need a podium or something to put your laptop on? It, no. Oh, Ray is saying no, no, no. It's the rule. Okay. He's my podium. <laughs> sorry. No, Dr. Acton said no. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Standish Fortin, uh, 12137 Macaulay Road in the northern section of Sycamore Township. Appreciate the time. Uh, it's good to see everybody out and about. Uh, we're finally getting back to our lives, uh, which is sorely needed for uh, many people. Um, <coughs> I'm here today because I want to make sure that our nation's birthday and our independence is remembered. And I've done uh, an inordinate amount of work as I sometimes do for my community, uh, to hopefully have a fireworks presentation on July 4th. So I do have a PowerPoint that I want to go over first. Um, this is, if you could go back real quick, yeah. um, little uh, understanding on the construct of this. I created a nonprofit called Red, White, and Boom Sycamore. <laughs> if only I could spell, evidently. Apologize, that was a little rushed. Um, it's a nonprofit. It's not a 501c3. We don't do not anticipate keeping any funds in it. It's simply a conduit to put forth and organize this event. I have several people that have already volunteered to be on the board, uh, including an accountant who will handle all the financial uh, matters. Um, my background in community involvement is I've put on well over 10 events. Uh, some of those events have had annual budgets over $30,000. Some of those events have had attendees over 10,000 people. The anticipation of this event is smaller than that. I know there has been some concern regarding the <coughs> time frame of this. I want to, you know, at least try and 
dispel some of those concerns with my background of organizing events uh, that this is a small event at least this year uh, it could definitely turn into something larger down the road uh, but we'll see thank you uh, Skylar uh, so if you didn't know July 4th is uh, when the Declaration of Independence was officially proclaimed and that's why we have our celebration on July 4th I have gone around in my time uh, to different companies in our community, mostly up north uh, in the Sycamore Township area. And we do have quite a few businesses up there uh, that are interested in being com community partners. Uh, I imagine that this list could grow to 30 companies very easily. Uh, I put the brakes on in attempting to secure additional partners when I understood that there were some concerns about the event. Uh, I'll go over some additional things, which is uh, good news uh, as to why I have little concerns for that going forward, but ultimately that's your decisions. These are just some of the community partners um, that have vocalized support, uh, and I do have some written letters uh, that I've forwarded to Mr. Work already. Thank you, Skyler. Uh, the basic concept is to have food trucks, a beer garden, Sons of American Revolution demonstrations, and the world-famous Rousey's fireworks. Uh, fireworks would be at 10, and the mm, initial grouping, I guess, or opening uh, for social uh, gathering would be at 6 p.m. Uh, I do want to notate that in my research, and thank you, Gloria, for bringing uh, some of these matters to all of our attention, uh, that our cemetery is in need of some attention. In my research, I discovered in the Ohio Revised Code, thank you, Mr. James, for teaching me the ins and outs of that, uh, that the township can establish a cemetery endowment fund. I do not believe that our township has a cemetery endowment fund. My proposal is that the proceeds from the beer garden would be split basically three ways if needed. If uh, we have enough sponsors, we would, Red, White, and Boom Sycamore would not need to cover uh, any expenses and then it would just be two ways between the Sons of American Revolution and to create or fund a cemetery endowment fund. Uh, there are many things uh, that need to be addressed at the cemetery uh, and that seems uh, a perfect way to fund it. <coughs> Skyler? Uh, for those of you who haven't been over to our cemetery, uh, we do have I believe five revolutionary soldiers buried in our cemetery. Uh, currently there's only one uh, gravestone, there's four others uh, that will be moved over uh, soon, is what I've been told. Um, so the township does have revolutionary history. Uh, you can skip that one, we've already gone over that. One of the concerns uh, I heard from some of uh, the discussion on Tuesday's workshop was concern for the damage to the, potential damage to the fields. Uh, we'll have uh, Joe Rossi speak to the firework component uh, but as you can see, and this is Bechtold Park, where there's been events where 10,000 people have been at, uh, the field uh, is not damaged, <coughs> looks beautiful, even has lovely stripes. So the, I, have, I have no concerns about um, the wear and tear because this is, there'll be just a couple hours of people being on it. And for those that are not familiar with the proposal, the proposal is that at McDaniels Park, we would have fireworks. Um, and if my lighter will work. This parking lot here is where we would have the food trucks lined up. We would have a beer garden here. The rest of this lot would be reserved for handicap parking only. 
Uh, the lot over here would be for Rozzy's Fireworks and volunteers. <coughs> and then I have already gotten verbal confirmation. I have written confirmation for parking lot one, and this is actually bigger than what's displayed here. I have verbal confirmation on parking lot three. I am waiting on lot four. Lot four is open uh, automatically until 10 anyways. They just have to keep it open a little longer. And I am waiting on confirmation of parking lot two, which is I think Kemper Point is the name of that property. Kemper Point? Is that what you said, Kemper Point? I, I think it's called Kemper yeah, Point. I think it is. Uh, and the township actually owns a parking lot in the front of that. Um, so I believe there is sufficient parking. Uh, in addition, I have spoken with the Sheriff's Department and clarified if we wish to, we could post all along these streets here, uh, no parking for a certain period of time uh, to ensure that the local residents are not inundated with any vehicles. Uh, that is not the Sheriff's Department's decision. It is, and Tracy, you could probably speak to this better than I, um, the township can do it and the township can put the signs up. That's correct. That's correct. Okay, good. Um, the other concerns is um, with this uh, transportation, if you go to the next slide, um, <laughs> my plan, and I have spoken with the Hampton County Department of, or Engineer's Office, um, shutting down school road going eastbound and that would allow for people to park at lots three and four as we're calling it and walk safely down to McDaniels Park as you all know I have been trying to get sidewalks in this particular area uh, for about a year now uh, that's in process but obviously they won't be in place Maybe in the future, we wouldn't even have to shut down School Road. Uh, but I've tried to think through and consult with uh, safety officials, for lack of a better description, on uh, a methodology so that people can actually get to the park safely if they are driving to it and parking. Skyler? Uh, if you were not aware, uh, June 2nd, uh, probably about the time you guys are in your workshop, maybe in the afternoon, uh, there was a Responsible Restart Ohio publication put out uh, which actually took effect on June 2nd. So this is already in effect, and it is for fair boards. I did talk to the Hamilton County head of uh, health, their health department, Jeremy Hessel, I believe his name is. Um, he said he was not even familiar with this, to give you an idea of how overwhelmed <coughs> they are. Um, he suggested that he would review it, that we continue, I continue to move forward in this process, um, but I wanted to notate that in this guidance, uh, it says, in the event fair boards decide that they can safely host attraction concessions and exhibitors, they must comply with the applicable sec uh, sector guidelines, including the following. And the reason I reference this is for food concessions, concessions uh, which it's pretty basic, six feet distancing that everybody's heard over and over. And then today, the governor announced orders to reopen certain facilities. Uh, I won't go through the entire uh, part but effective June 10th, playgrounds and public <laughs> recreation centers uh, will be open. Um, the intention is to simply post signs at all of the access points to the park to maintain social distancing, uh, uh, to maintain compliance, for lack of better description, uh, with the recommendations. Skylar? And for those of you that did not know why fireworks happen, you should. 
Uh, according to John Adams, in a letter to his wife, he said, I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, bonfires, fires and illuminations from one end of the continent to the other, from this time forward forevermore. And that's why we have Fourth of July fireworks. I think he also died on that day, didn't he? And George Washington. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. <coughs> Skyler? Jefferson. Jefferson, Jefferson, actually. Was it Jefferson? Jefferson, that's yeah. right. That's right. It Jefferson. was Jefferson and Adams? Sorry, yeah. yeah. You're right. And that's it. That's it. Um, let's see. I just want to make sure I addressed. <coughs> I think I've covered everything. I do have uh, some of the partners here, key partners for the event, if I could allow them to speak as well. So, Joe Rossi. <coughs> uh, Joe Rossi, 5518 Chancellor Lane, Hamilton Township. Um, Standish asked me to come to address any concerns directly related to the fireworks and how that process moves. and. Uh, what we're also hearing from other communities as to how they're moving forward with their fireworks displays. Um, just about all of our clients in Warren County are moving forward with fireworks, Lebanon, Mason, uh, Kings Island, whether they're open or not. Um, the communities feel it's important to at least have some sort of celebration. Some of the communities are encouraging people to stay home or in parking lots. Uh, some of these communities can accommodate that. Um, but uh, that's, that's more or less what we're seeing. So my question is to you, do you have any questions for me as it relates to the fireworks display? Can you just bring that map up? So the fireworks are going to be shot from inside this blue circle? Pretty much the center of that circle. What that indicates okay. is a radius of, of, of a minimum safe distance, which is determined by the <coughs> diameter of product that we shoot. So outside that circle, inside that circle, no one's allowed to go, correct? Correct. So outside that circle, looks like it would be a pretty heavy concentration of people if this is successful, correct? There, there could be. Yeah. How do you how do you cordon off cordon off that uh, circle? Uh, that can be cordoned off with caution tape. It could be snow fencing. <coughs> uh, really, whatever fire department requires us to do. You, you said other communities <coughs> are finding ways to do this. Kings Island uh, being one, perhaps. Kings Island has a giant parking lot, though, and the other communities do, too. I know Sims and Loveland together announced today that they were planning to do fireworks shut off for viewing from parking lots at churches and parks in the area and people's homes. But um, right. and I, I assume you're involved with that, too? Yes. Uh, are there any communities who have been able to approve doing this with gatherings where people will be out of their cars gathered in parks watching it? What we've heard from, for instance, Lebanon is they're encouraging people to gather in parking lots around the area, around Pioneer, or not Pioneer, Colonial Park, isn't it? Colonial Park. The park <coughs> itself isn't, isn't open, so they're allowing people, though, to gather in other areas. I don't believe they're controlling how they gather or controlling what they do. They're just not providing any kind of mechanism for it. 
are they encouraging them to come to an area though walk to it and then have I believe so yeah and, and have food trucks and yeah we're possessions? we're doing a demo to uh, Wednesday night or I'm sorry Monday night in Wyoming they're looking at certain areas they're going to be placing people around the community and mm. certain streets and certain at the high school uh, and other areas to see where can we see this from so we can push people to those areas mm. I don't know if they're pushing out any concessions or anything like that I do know that we have pushed the program out to subdivisions most newer subdivisions have green space uh, there's been about five to seven of them that are on board with a, a small show in their common area they're bringing in food trucks <clears throat> they're looking at the grassy areas where they have that they can accommodate people from the neighborhood I'm hearing crowds of maybe 300 or 400 so that's how they're handling theirs how's your the insurance situation how, how are you insured are you insured for this absolutely our standard liability is 10 million of which there is a nine million dollar aggregate and I can provide a copy of that uh, for review if you need <clears throat> I'm less concerned with your ability to support the uh, the uh, insurance part of it and I'm more concerned about the the ability to put people in this park outside of that blue circle uh, and still follow the required social distancing and uh, however we have uh, are we what are we limited to now 300 300 for a wedding that's only for a, but wedding. That's only for a wedding otherwise that's the a wedding. 10 person gathering limit is still in effect unless that changed today <laughs> and, and has that I don't know if it has or not in I'm not sure I'm not sure if there's some new announcements coming out tomorrow they were expecting attractions and amusement mm -hmm. parks to be released today I think the big fear is the unknown factor. We don't know. People have been so much uh, you know, isolated, and now all of a sudden we have a chance to go out, and all our neighbors around here have canceled their events. So this is going to be this could be a really big happening. And I, I just wonder if we can control the crowd. And, and that's my fear, too. We, we may well be the only game in town, or nearly the un only game in town. I'm happy to hear other... Uh, areas are finding ways to do it when they have the parking lots to accommodate it. I, I know Madeira in the last week canceled their Independence Day celebration because of that same worry. They thought they'd be the only big event in the area and they would be logistically overwhelmed. Yeah, and, Indian Hills meeting tonight, I believe, to discuss what they're going to do moving forward. Are they? Um, and, and, and I can, I mean, I will say, I would love to see something like this happen. Mm -hmm. This is a privately sponsored event, not a township event, but I see a lot of hurdles and a lot of headaches that it creates <laughs> for the township and the residents around where it may happen mm -hmm. who are, are going to bear the brunt of some of this too, especially if there's a crushing crowd that shows up because everyone in Cincinnati, you know, Norwood, over Fairfield, whatever, says, where are the fireworks to go to? Oh, they're in Sycamore. And they all show up. And you have an overwhelming crowd. You have health <laughs> orders still in place. And people violating it and we have the complicating factor now of uh, people are very concerned about the George Floyd death they've been taking any opportunity they can to demonstrate mostly peacefully but <coughs> bad people have come out in some of that too we're looking at a month out from now that may have all subsided by then but that's another concern now that I hadn't even worried about when I first heard about this but 
that's something else to think about too. And we don't know where things are going with the state. Um, again, this is not a township-sponsored event anyway, but it's something we're being asked to make our 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 park and other areas available to and to help facilitate. I, I think the no parking signs would be something we'd certainly want to ask for in the neighborhoods if, if this event were to go forward. Um, but I, I know Mr. Fortin's put a lot of effort into this too and is working hard to try to make it happen and has some very detailed plans about it. And, and he's, he's worked very hard on that and done a good job with that, I think. I know he's got a, a contract with your organization he's going to have to sign uh, coming up. Okay, if, yeah, if it comes to that. Well, what, and, and maybe Mr. Fortin could speak to some of the issues surrounding the event gathering sure. and, and all of those yeah. things. Uh, uh, right. I, I was just, my purpose here was to, uh, to give you any information as related to the fireworks specifically, Sure. what happens inside that blue circle, <laughs> and offer what I'm hearing from other communities. Well, a few other yeah. questions about that one sure. where I was going, though, and that is, if Mr. Fortin signs a contract with you and then the county health department says you can't do this a few days before the event is planned, I, I assume he's he's out the money, right? The contract. No, there's, there's a deposit. We're not. We don't look for a lot of it. You know, we've got to put some footwork into it. Yeah. So I'm not going to make Mr. Fortin pay the entire amount. We, we, will not, we don't operate like that. Okay. But there is a small consideration. And, well, and one more second. My other question, looking at the map here, I, I know some communities have found other ways to do this, like Sims and Loveland, I think, are having you aim higher. Is that right? Uh, Hamil City really. of Hamilton. It's, is what they're doing is spreading it out to two different locations. Uh, okay. so, so we have this park in Sims, and then we have one site potentially at the high school, mm. or it may end up back down at, at the same park we usually shoot in. Mm. Uh, so it's spreading it out. You can't really shoot them higher. Okay. Uh, the, there's larger product that goes higher, but you really can't. You're, you're bound by the requirements of, of, or the distances that you have at the site. So that's that circle is distances to inhabited <laughs> structures and spectators. Okay. That's my minimum safe distance, and that can be expanded if need be for mm -hmm. and some communities do. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's that's what the determining factor is. From that site, would the fireworks be visible from any of those parking lots if people remain there? I believe so. Yeah, we were out at the site about a month ago. And you know, looking at the area, knowing the area, I, I grew up just up the road here in Heitmeyer, mm -hmm. uh, so I, I know the area certainly has changed a lot since I left. But uh, I, it's looking at those parking lots, they can be even seen from those parking lots. Uh, so there's not necessarily <coughs> in the neighborhoods. I mean, naturally, mature trees might obscure view, but you know, there's neighborhoods surrounding it that you can view it from. So you could, if you mm -hmm. want to do this in that manner, encourage <coughs> people to stay in those areas. Just mm -hmm park watch the show initially was a concern about the fields being uh, disturbed but you have a we were told you have a platform you put everything on well and everything is a, no damage yeah everything is an above-ground mortar yeah. racks and it's commonplace to shoot in ball fields and and fields such as this uh, so <clears throat> you know is if a vehicle can't go out there we can move the product out by hand we've done that before uh, we'll leave the property in the condition it was found um, yeah. I, I, uh, I raised an issue at the uh, workshop on Tuesday as it relates to um, immunity for the township for COVID-19 events. And Deepak, uh, you have uh, you have put something together. You want to speak to that? Um, yeah, so, you know, what <coughs> Mr. Weedman is uh, referring to is we were concerned if um, uh, individuals were to um, contract uh, COVID-19 at an event like this, would they try to hold the township liable? Um, 
there is, as you may know, there's a bill, I think it's House Bill 606, that's out there right now, hasn't passed the Senate yet, uh, that um, is trying to uh, kind of stymie any liability, tort liability, as we call it, for um, uh, COVID-related injuries, if you will. Um, but right now, outside of the normal governmental immunity we have, uh, that bill is still pending. Um, will it be passed by July 4th? We don't know. Uh, but that, that's one of the concerns that we had discussed uh, at the workshop meeting. Um, and, and unfortunately, there's really just, there's nothing that's been passed yet that we can point to to say, okay, this, this helps us have some comfort that we're, there would not be additional liability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I have not had that discussion with other cities and municipalities because that's not our part of the component. Maybe Standish could have uh, uh, some comments on it. It's, <laughs> I'm responsible for what's inside the blue circle, <laughs> and I and I get it. I, I get it. Everybody's, you know, everyone's concerned. I get it. And, and our industry survives on public gatherings, and you know, our company alone is looking at a 70% reduction in its business. I should be at the ballpark. I should be at Kings Island. And six other amusement parks. We should. We have all of our overseas shows have have canceled for the entire season. Uh, other friends of ours in the industry have experienced a complete 100% loss, and they may never come back. We're we're fighting to survive now till next season, and hoping we'll still do that. And uh, you know, if there's a way to make it happen, we'll try it. If there's concerns, naturally, I'm in your position. I'm I'm a trustee in Hamilton Township, so I understand your concerns. Um, all I was here to do is to just, you know, answer any questions as it relates to the fireworks and tell you what we're hearing from other communities that really want to move forward with it. If I could speak, thank you. Please. Um, there have been studies documented uh, specifically for asymptomatic individuals where they did trace them and the contact they came into 455 people, zero actually came down with COVID. Uh, I understand the liability concern. Uh, today, you, the township runs that risk every single day uh, people have been exposed to this since as early as january that's documented uh, the shutdown did not occur until march so i think that uh, that legal argument would falter uh, but i do want to allow march 1st to present um, the lockdown and it has been a lockdown has hurt a lot of people uh, march 1st is one business uh, that sycamore township can be proud of for many different reasons um, and they have uh, said that they would partner with this event and we want to support them. Uh, so I want to let Chris speak on behalf of them. Hi, my name's Christopher Paquette. I'm the general manager of March 1st Brewing and Distilling. Dress, please. Uh, brewery dress, my personal? Uh, we're 7885 East Kemper Road in Sycamore Township and I am 5340 Leatherwood in Westchester Township. Um, so uh, Stanish and I, we've worked together on a few events um, in the past, mostly small ones in the brewery. Um, but um, I will say that, that having been open now for the three weeks that we've been open, um, we have noticed that the precautions that we've put in place move the tables around. We've got masks, we've got sanitizer everywhere. We've got a large space. If any of you guys have been in, you know that our space is enormous. Um, we're, we're making use of the, the patios, the back, the old tap room. You, you guys have all seen it. Um, the, the public 
and the guests have been very, 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 very good about policing themselves. I haven't had to say a word to a group over 10. I haven't had to say anything about people crowding together. We haven't had people lingering at the bar. I'm really, I'm really proud of, of our clientele. I've, I've always been. I think that we've got the best, the best clientele of, of any brewery in the, in the city. Um, but we haven't had too many issues with people gathering. I can't say speak to festivals because none of us have been to a festival since um, prior to that. But we were shut down, uh, completely shut down for eight weeks. Everybody, um, myself included, the owners, nobody was um, drawing salary, nobody was getting paid, everybody was, uh, we were furloughed. Um, and it, it hurt and it lasted a long time. We were all concerned about whether or not we were gonna come back and what we were gonna be able to come back to and if we were gonna be able to bring everyone back and we're still not all the way back. Um, but I, I, I'm here to answer any questions regarding um, how we're operating, any questions that you might have about the way the beer garden might operate, um, any questions regarding pricing and things like that too, budgets for beer and, and how those types of things operate. Well, what sort of beer garden plan do you have for this? That, that would be a gathering space outside, too, yes. but like a restaurant space and would require restrooms, I assume, too, which is something I, I guess Sandish is planning for with yeah. portalettes or other things. But what is the plan that you have in mind? So the, depending on the dimensions that were, are available to us when we, when we file for we have to file for what's called, um, and, and Sandish would have to file for what's called a, a festival permit, an F permit, um, to pour beer in an area that doesn't have a liquor license. Um, so we would dictate then the size of that area and, and space the tables out appropriately. Um, March 1st can provide all of the tables and things like that that would be in the beer garden. It would have to be um, a controlled um, attendance. It, it, it's a controlled area. It would have to be snow fenced off because state liquor agency or state liquor control will tell you that it has to be, it has to have defined borders. Um, same thing with us. We can't have just an open patio. It has to have the ropes or whatever. Um, to define those areas. So it would definitely have to be something that needed to have uh, a, a dictated um, uh, capacity, um, and that would have to be managed depending on how big it is. But we could, March 1st, like I said, can bring in all the tables. Um, our distributor can provide the beer dispensing equipment, and um, obviously they, they would bring the beer. Um, and then volunteers <coughs> would be um, dispensing the beer. Um, so you could make that a 21 and over area. You could make it uh, uh, family friendly if, if you saw fit, um, if the, if the uh, space allowed it, but beer would not be able to go out of that area. Um, but that's really, really the plan is to set it up like a giant patio. And it's something that you could sell tickets to also. If, if, if in the future, because we're limited space, you could sell tickets to that too to raise money um, for the, uh, <clears throat> whatever um, foundations you're working with. The Cemetery Endowment Fund is an awesome, I love old cemeteries, just to put that out there. There's one in my neighborhood that's incredible. What, what sort of participation do you need by the public for this to be economically viable for March 1st to commit to all this and to have the staffing you need to police the area too to make sure you don't get over the capacity? Concerns? Well, March 1st, March 1st is uh, a, a willing sponsor and we're willing to to, to do this one this year, and if it gets bigger next year, we'll own it. We'll put our name on the front, and we're willing to go all the way in for, for an event in Sycamore Township because it's an underserved community, especially with Blue Ash and their big thing right next door, and 
Sims does a big one every year. Um, so we're, we're willing to be the patriarch of this event going forward. Um, this just came across my desk about a week and a half ago, I think. Um, and we um, instantly were like, That's, this is our backyard. Like, this is, of course we want to do this. Um, so from us, from a, a staffing standpoint, you'd need someone to work the gate of the beer garden itself to police that area, to, to make sure that, that doesn't go over capacity with just a clicker. And then the volunteers to pour the beer and clean up. And then my staff will handle set up and tear down. Other questions by anybody? Thank you. Love your beer, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> you forgot to mention your great clientele, but the beer is better. <laughs> so I just wanted to close in saying that Sycamore Township has the opportunity to either be a beacon of light for freedom and liberty, or it can be the darkness and tell people to stay home. Do you have any additional questions? That's very dramatic. This is very dramatic, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it is, and we're faced with state health orders out there that interfere with all of this, which is potentially the problem. But what, what do you need from the township as to this? I, I envision, among other things, to, to get the liquor permit necessary to sell beer, you have to have the consent of the property owner. So if that's happening on township property, you certainly need the trustees, I think, to approve that, not the administration. You've already arranged for a park rental, from what I understand. We have, have some standards for that, but we have liability concerns, too. So what approvals do you need from the township beyond what I've just mentioned? Well, and the parking, no parking stuff, I guess. Yeah, the no parking would be uh, for the benefit of the residents. Uh, but for the actual event, simply a green light. Uh, March 1st is one of the companies that really wants this event. I've spoken to the two direct bordering companies who want to support the event and have signed, one has signed letter of intent, the other one's waiting on the owner to sign that. They are very excited. Their employees live in the High Point area and this is a way for us to give back to that community. Everybody knows that you know things such as uh, the High Point area does not have a lot for their youth uh, to enjoy. Um, so it's just for the community. It's the right thing to do. Every community should have a Fourth of July event. Uh, in my opinion, that's probably one of the reasons why we're not ranked as a top 50 community. Maybe if we did this, we might get on that ranking. I didn't see where you were pointing the uh, the pointer when you were talking about the uh, streets and the no parking. Were you talking about first to seventh? Yeah, uh, first uh, those streets, but just the lower half or the southern half. Southern part of it. Okay. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but I really don't think much is needed, Deepak. I remember you speaking on the or at the workshop about uh, that this is not a typical use uh, that the trustees should. Uh, sign for that but it is a public space it's paid for by the people we the people want to use it to celebrate our independence um, I don't believe that the township need we're not asking for the township to pay anything the township is actually going to uh, receive funds from the community putting this event on Stanley's I think the, the big concern is the unknown factor uh, I know when I looked at this initially I looked saying, uh, how about portalettes? How many portalettes do you get? And then um, Corporal Kidd is standing back there, Tracy Kellum's years and years experience with the festival. 
How many uh, sheriff's deputies would you have on a, on a okay, slow night was Friday night? How many would you have? Eight is what I was told. Yeah, eight to ten. Eight to ten. And so you're prepared to have eight to ten? Budgeted. Okay. Portalettes budgeted. Street closure budgeted. And clean up. I have uh, a myriad of folks that have supported different events over the past 20 years I've been involved in. Uh, volunteers will not be an issue. One other thing we didn't talk about that you and I have talked about, and I think it's useful for everyone to hear, is we, and I, th I think you don't want the event to get out of hand, of course, but you want people in the area to be able to celebrate. You've been planning this for Sycamore Township residents primarily. What's your plan for promoting this without promoting it too much, basically, so that you know it doesn't go yep. viral <laughs> on Twitter or Facebook and everyone says, hey, there are fireworks in Sycamore, get over there. So no, no social media, no radio, no print. Uh, the only advertisement was going is going to be a postcard that would contain the logo of all the community partners and also information for the residents. It would simply go to the residents in the surrounding areas of Sycamore Township. Is That's there any way to restrict admission to residents or people accompanying residents? I, I don't know. We if are not. A, you're teeing me up to say a phrase, but no, we're not going to check papers. You had that queued up too, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so no, this is for in. It's a public. It's a public park. It's a public park. Well, it is. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. And we and there will be people that will elect to stay home, and we could request yeah. that if they can view and are close to to remain at their house, so that others yeah. uh, might be able to come. Well, and I ask about the residents simply because that might discourage people from outside from coming if they thought, well, I'm I'm not supposed to go. Yeah, I mean, we could of course we could say it's for residents only, but there's no way to ensure that. Yeah. <coughs> We were talking, we had uh, the JEDS meeting today, and uh, Tom Mueller was here from Madeira, and uh, the Toms were with, with us here. And big, the big concern was uh, the unknown factor. That, you know, we have 4,000 people, then all of a sudden there's 25,000 people. You know, what do we do? They canceled because of that, because of that factor. But they had no idea how many people were going to show up. So, so because, because nobody else is doing stuff, we're afraid of that. We just have to shoot that. There, but there are other fireworks uh, in other communities. So I ask that the township uh, simply allow us to uh, rent the facilities. It's a public facility. We just want to rent the field to put on this event for the community. And as part of that, we are going to start an endowment fund for the cemetery. Well, here, here's what I'd like to know, I guess, before we could make any decision about that. First of all, what are our uh, professionals think here, the administrator, Mr. Kellums, as to Parks, uh, Mr. Desai, as to the legal aspects. Um, and I just went blank on the other item. Uh, the other would be, can you get health department clearance for this? I know you said you reached out to him. Was it yeah. Greg Kesterman you spoke with? I've uh, spoken else? with a couple different people. Jeremy Hessel is the head of the department. Uh, at this point, the guidance was simply uh, the six-foot distancing. Uh, as you could see with the opening of various events, uh, the restriction of 10 does not apply uh, to an event like this. If they could provide an interpretation to the township, perhaps, indicating as such that an event like this was compliant, that keeps us from having to make a decision that might be counter from what the local authorities say because they do have final say on that. That would be something useful. To obtain before proceeding in the end with something, but I'd like to know what Mr. Desai, Mr. Kellum, and Mr. Warwick think. 
I, I can request that, and that is something that uh, in my discussion with him today, I suggested that the township uh, request that to make sure that all concerns are addressed. I'd be more than happy to act as the go-between. Um, it's not a township-sponsored event. Is, understand. Is the thing. And, it's, and, and, and don't it's get not me wrong, my I, concern. I'd love to see it be able to happen. It's just there are all these hurdles out there and concerns. So what are... What do you guys who we pay to think about these things think? Well, I mean, the first thing that, that popped into my mind as I looked at this area, um, uh, given the blue circle is going to occupy a large amount of the park, how are you going to enforce the social distancing guidelines within the area where the bystanders will be? Uh, so, uh, clarification, the location of the circle could change. Um, not to throw a curveball, uh, but if the entity to the west of the park would allow the circle to overlap their wooded area that would enlarge the amount of space. Not saying that that would cover it, um, but to address your concern, all we can do is make suggestions. Even the Sheriff's Department has said that they are not going to enforce it. So if, if the township were to call the Sheriff's Department, and we've seen this all over the country, the sheriff's departments have simply said they're not going to enforce it. Yeah, my, I mean, my understanding has been that it's really a public health, it's a health department matter. Um, but I have to be honest, your answer concerns me even more. If, if you're just going to make suggestions, um, and I don't know how many people can pull up in these parking lots, but I presume at least 500, and you're going to have that many people in the current layout which is a relatively small area um, whether or not those people choose to follow the social guide distancing guidelines is I guess to some extent an individual right but now we set them out into their communities um, among their elderly parents <coughs> Um, among their special needs children that may have compromised immunity systems. Um, we're not going to obviously be doing any contact tracing at this point. It causes me great concern that you're going to have an event that you have a very, very dense area where people will congregate. Um, one thing I heard that sounded more reasonable in terms of that concern is if there was some way to keep people from actually going into the park and allowing them to view the fireworks from their cars um, or view them from areas where you cannot have that dense congregation. Um, you know, this, this is the biggest concern for me. And, and I have to tell you, I mean, I'm coming at this from a very personal standpoint. You know, my father is COVID-19 positive. Um, I've had issues with the protocols laid down. I haven't seen my father in two and a half months. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with them. I think he's getting caught up in some red tape at this point because he's had COVID-19 for over a month and has shown absolutely no sy you know, symptoms. But, you know, I'm an officer of the court. And, you know, that's what the state government and the state health department requires. I work within the system, but in the meantime, I, I follow the protocols. You know, I've got a special needs child that's, you know, um, immunity system, system is compromised. I pulled him out of school before any of the schools closed. 
Um, I just worry. I have the same concerns. My mother was uh, in a rehabilitation facility, a nursing home, uh, when this came out uh, and was basically on lockdown. I have other dear friends that are in homes on lockdown. Uh, it is a concern. But that does not invalidate our rights. Yeah, and I mean, you and I can have a brewski one day and talk about our, our views on that because I'm happy to share them in private. But my, 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 my point, I guess, to you, Mr. Fortin, is this. My biggest concern is the number of people that will congregate in what appears under the present plan to be a relatively small area and what might be more appetizing, um, especially for the board, would be if you could do something where people would remain in the parking lots in their cars so that we know that we're not going to be creating a situation where you have really what appears to be an inability to socially distance. Ultimately, uh, I, for example, if I can rent the fields and I can have fireworks, but the township does not sign a beer permit, there can be no beer, correct? Uh, without, without the, yeah, without the liquor permit, yeah, you're not going to get it. So the township has that ability. Ultimately, it falls to you uh, as the elected officials to make these decisions. I, I personally don't think that you should be able to make these decisions, but that's my own philosophical uh, interpretation of this. Um, <clears throat> so you're absolutely right. There, there is a way for the township to restrict some of the activities proposed, um, but it is a public park. People are going there every day. I've seen many groups, over 10, every day almost. Um, but that is the beauty of our nation. How many cars can these four parking lots hold? Over a thousand. So, I mean, if you just presume there would be a, two people per car, um, <clears throat> you could have a couple thousand people congregating in that park. Hmm. Outside the blue circle, though. Right. And I do anticipate um, that the circle is going to move to the west, uh, which would further open up park space. But, but it won't reduce the size of the circle, correct? No. We could also enlarge the size of the circle, correct, Joe? Depending on where the other buildings lay and where other property lines are, you could move that. That basically, we're moving our site further to the west. Right. Which is opening up more of the park. It's putting more of a fallout zone on someone else's property, which more than likely need a letter of permission that that's okay with. Right. So I am simply here as a public servant for my <coughs> community. Uh, mostly for my children uh, and the other children uh, so that they can have a little bit of awe and learn about our nation's founding. Mr. Kellams, would you weigh in on this? Yeah, <clears throat> my main concern, a couple of them, <clears throat> is where the parking lots are located, uh, getting the people there safely. I mean, you've got Kemper Road, Salzman Road, uh, School Road. I know you said you mentioned that you talked to uh, the county engineer, did they give you permission to close down? I need to submit an application. I was not going to do that 
uh, until I have a green light. Uh, and as far as parking lot one and two, people can walk to the park without actually uh, having to go on Solzman. Because that what's depicted there doesn't show the new uh, curb cut uh, and parking lot that was put in as part okay. of their expansion. Yes. So my only other concern is, has already been mentioned, not only the crowd in the park, but spillover into the community, not only High Point to the north, but uh, Bishop's Gate to the east. Uh, <coughs> You know, we, we've got a, a fairly dense community there, uh, just, you know, concerned about spillover of people in, into our neighborhoods, not knowing how the residents feel about that. You know, because when we first talked about this, I thought Schuler Park would be better. I know it's not as close to everything, but there's no residents right around it. It's true. And not as much parking. Well, you're using surrounding parking anyway. You're not using the parking at the park. Right. We did look at Schuler. Logistically, there's not enough parking that people can walk to from there. So other than that, it would just, it, it, same concern that Deepak said is, you know, the, the social distancing. I mean, the state order, we really don't know where it's at or where it's going to be or if it's extended or, you know. As far as I know right now, it's, it's even though some people are in our park, you know, we are not having an event that's, even though it's not our event, it's our park. And if we end up with a couple thousand people there, that's different than 20 people playing baseball. You yes. know, the one thing I heard was the Sheriff's Department <laughs> won't enforce, they won't enforce it. So the Sheriff's Department is not going to come and say, hey, you got to step back, you got to get away from here, they're not going to enforce this. So you could have 20 members of the sheriff's department out here, and they're just going to be, you know, asking you maybe, but they can't enforce it. So that bothers me. That's the way it is all throughout our country I currently. Is. I know it is, and this is the concern is today's environment. This is this is that's the major thing that's controlling everything. Mr. Ward, do you want to weigh in on this? Your thoughts? Actually, wait. I had another question for Mr. Kellams if you don't mind first. Tracy, we have rented the park to other parties before for use of the entire park, haven't we, up there? Uh, we've rented out to uh, soccer organizations wasn't there for some soccer tournaments. and Last year, wasn't there some survivor game there of some yeah, kind? TV show. There was. Yeah. And has the park made it through unscathed, through events like that? Yes. So assuming there... I mean, there wasn't a huge crowd there, but yes. Yeah. yeah. But... But there aren't flowers to be trampled or things like that either, right? It's grass and it's ball fields. Well, the and you want to preserve part, yes. the clay, of course, on that. Okay. Um, and I, I do know Deer Park is actually doing some of their concerts in Chamberlain Park again now. Somehow they canceled them. And they were promoting them as of a day or two ago. They canceled them yesterday. Oh, they did. Okay. Interesting. <clears throat> All right. I I don't have any other. All the concerns have been mentioned, um, and philosophically, there's a, a lot of uh, moving parts here. I told Standish, I think, more than a couple times that if I didn't work here, I'd be cheering him on, and I'd be in the beer garden. Unfortunately, well, I guess the trustees can make that possible since I work at will. Uh, <laughs> well, if I weren't a trustee right now, I'd be in the same position too, I think. But, so, yeah, but I uh, <laughs> We've got 
a state that's giving us unconstitutional rules. We've got a health department that somehow has commanded this, both at the state level and the county level. And even though the township form of government is the best that you can get, we are the lowest on the totem pole. The feds tell us what to do. The state tells us what to do. The county tells us what to do. The health department tells us what to do. The, it goes on and on and on. So I think that it's a great idea and all of that, but in my job that I'm paid to do, there are just, we've got all these other agencies that could cause the township a black eye, even if the event went off peacefully, which, you know, we, we have a fear of the unknown, but it may work just fine. I just don't know. And so I just view it as my job at this point to express my concerns about it. And I don't have anything to add to, you know, anything that's been said so far. If Mr. Fortin had county health department blessing for the event, would that change your views or are there other concerns as well because of the crowding and, and so forth? Yeah, I, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, hopefully there's no, I'm worried about the, the a crush of a crowd and other things that might happen there. And I, you know, like I say, it's just speculation. Mm -hmm. How do I know that's going to happen? I don't, but in my role, I, w I think I have to err on the side of, you know, caution. Mm -hmm. But it's not up to me. Any more discussion on this? Do you want to make a motion to? Well, and I don't know. I mean, I'd love to find a way to make it happen. Is the thing, but I, I have all these same concerns too. And if if we were to authorize it on the condition that the health department provide prior approval of it, and subject to final approval of the plans that Mr. Fortin has, I mean, I'd be more comfortable with that. Um, because state health orders may well change over time, and we may get two weeks into two more weeks into this month, and the governor says, "Hey, everybody, have fireworks," at which point you'd be scrambling to try to get it going if it weren't approved earlier. I think, um, but I think that's a, that's a great point because this thing's changing by the hour. Today in Warren County, the uh, uh, amusement industry is a class action kind of thing. They filed suit, yeah. suing the state. And there could well be an injunction, which would enable something like this right. to go forward. But we so, still have the crowd concerns, of yeah. course, too. It's just a mess. There's no reason that that crowd concern wouldn't exist in future years as well. Well, there is, because in future years, if health orders aren't in place, scaring everyone else from having it and causing them to have already canceled it, we wouldn't be the only show in town in terms of jurisdictions where fireworks are happening. <laughs> And here we mostly are, unless these things change. Warren County may see some change there then for Lebanon, but the only ones I know about right now are Loveland Sims, possibly Lebanon, Kings Island, it sounds like, and the city of Hamilton. And there was a list I submitted. I gave a stand. If you haven't seen that, there was a number. Mm -hmm. Okay, I haven't seen that. So, okay, um, Mr. Razi, are most of those communities are they are they doing? fireworks where they're having people on site or are they doing fireworks where they're having people at remote locations where they can see the fireworks most are having them at remote locations yes yeah there are there it's published it's published that the event sites aren't open 
they're not providing any, you know, any, any, anything, any entertainment or anything like that. <clears throat> they're having fireworks. And I think some of the, even Lebanon announced that a couple of weeks ago that this is how they're doing it. We're, we're sort of in a weird posture in our meeting. We're in resonant comments right yeah. now as we're talking about all this anyway, but I, I would, I, I don't think right now would be the time to decide this in the meeting anyway if we're going to decide something. So we would decide this later on after? But, but if I could finish my thought, there are a lot of members of the public from the township here. I would be interested to know what those members of the public here happen to think about this. This is not a, a poll and you know, who, however many <coughs> vote in the crowd win, but I'd, I'd certainly like to know what the members of the public think. So if others hadn't signed up to speak at the meeting and are interested in doing that to address this topic, please. Uh, volunteer to do so as we move forward with that. Any other thoughts? Hello. My name is Kathy Kugler. I live at 7106 Tenderfoot Lane, uh, Sycamore Township. Um, I think that this is a good event to have. Uh, I personally probably, if I went, and there were people crowding in on me, I would leave because I have the ability to take my feet and move. Um, I think that you should have some sort of uh, reservation response, not that you would not allow people in, but you know, I've attended a lot of events uh, where you have to RSVP to it in some way and you get a ticket and then you come in if you wanted to know how many people thought they might want to come. Uh, <coughs> so I'm just saying that in that area, where you might have people sitting, I think you would be able to say X number of people uh, would be allowed in because you do have the ability to uh, control the perimeter with that snow gating or whatever. Um, so I'm just saying um, people have the ability to not be, if you don't feel comfortable, to leave. <coughs> Thank you. Anybody else? Mr. Janus? I have a separate topic at the no, well, comment. Am I allowed to talk to the Well, no, not right now. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to wrap this up. So you'll, you'll be up in a moment. Uh, he, he's commenting about fireworks. Yeah, if you do about the fireworks, please okay, make a comment about fireworks. that. We'll give you an opportunity to yeah. speak otherwise later. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jay Janeth, Jr., 4462 Daffodil Avenue, Sycamore Township, Ohio. Um, nothing against Sycamore Township, but when this COVID came out, and it's correct, after Deputy um, Smith mentioned that his department had no enforcement powers for violations of the six-foot rule, I contacted the, Ham uh, the Hamilton County Health Department, which takes in Sycamore Township. And I did ask him about the six-foot rule, and I wanted to know what their policy was. <coughs> I did not speak with Greg Kesterman, but somebody mentioned the other name, and that's the person I spoke to. Um, and they told me their policy was they would contact the entity, whether it's a private business or government, their office would contact, not in person the first time, and they would speak to them about the issue. If someone, fought, whether it's the same person or someone else contacted them the second time, they would send a personal you know, an employee out to investigate it. So that's where it's at, or that's at least what they informed me. And I apologize if I didn't hear this during the presentations, but what would be the duration of it once it started, the fireworks? 6 to 10.30, fireworks starting at 10. Half hour? No, no, probably depends on how many spots you can. 10 to 15 minutes. 
And would it be rain or shine? Yes. Okay. And I agree with Mrs. Kugler. I think it'd be very positive. I have concerns also, like many of you here, um, since it would be basically the one of the few out here in the northeast suburbs. It's like the unknowns. And with this COVID, and Mr. <coughs> Ward mentioned all these things changing daily, I agree with them. But I think it's it has a lot of possibilities. Mr. Rossi, Mr. Fortin seems to put an incredible amount of planning in it. And I think with some considerations, I think it would be very positive for our township. Thank you. Mr. Warwick, uh, I know this, we made an exception for Mr. Stanish, so it's really not public comment time with him. We made it as a special presentation. Can we move forward with making a decision whether to go forward on his part or end it right now? We, we can what? choose to do whatever we want, I think, but I'd be interested to hear more public comments about this particular topic if we could. Yeah, are there more public comments on this? Absolutely. Hi, my name is Barbara Hallwoodell, and I live at 6022 Cherokee Drive, right down Kenwood Road in Madeira, but I do own two properties in Sycamore Township. I was working with Standish about a week ago um, to try to find some food trucks, and um, as Joe Rossi said, uh, the food truck industry is also struggling to make it. There's a lot of food trucks that will not reopen for one reason or another. Some of them don't want to reopen because of fears of COVID, and others will not be reopening because of the e economy right now. Um, I just wanted to say that I'm in favor of having the event, and um, one aspect that you haven't brought up, you've brought up maintenance, and you brought up police, and you brought up all that, but you have not brought up education. And you know, we're really making history right now, and our children are watching and in my case, my grandchildren are watching. And I want to be proud of the way that I handled myself through this situation of being in quarantine since mid-March. I mean, at the time, my daughter's business was shut down, and I, I begged her to just make it till April 1st. You know, you can do this. You can do this. You can, you can make it till April 1st. And then it was Easter. Anna, you can make it till Easter. You know, I think you're going to be okay. And, and to, to think that we're now talking about the 4th of July um, is beyond anything that I thought we'd ever go through as a nation and as a community. So, um, you know, I hope that we can be proud of our handling of this situation. I hope we can have some lessons that we learn from this, that we can teach our kids about what it means to be an American. Because at the end of the day, we have the right, and it's a God-given right, to assemble. It's right there in the first article of the Bill of Rights. We have the right to, to religion, freedom of the press, and the right to assemble. And I think that's what Standish is trying to do here is, is teach all of us a lesson about um, what it really means to be an American. And you know, when I was growing up, there were a couple of songs that really made an impression on me. Um, one of them being Bruce Springsteen's, you know, born in the USA, right? So just the spirit of being an American, right? And then we had um, Don McLean with Bye Bye Miss American Pie and the fact that one day the music died in that song, right? So we don't want to let the music die, do we, Mr. LaBarbera? <laughs> <laughs> she knows how to push her um, <laughs> That's good. But the third song that came to my mind today was the song um, by Joni Mitchell. I'm not sure I know the name of it, but there's a line in there about not knowing what you've got till it's gone. And I really hope that all of us can hold on to liberty. I hope we can hold on to independence. We are celebrating independence 
from government tyranny. At the end of the day, this is about government tyranny, okay? So please, allow this to go on. Allow the American spirit to thrive. Allow people who, who have risk to not show up. They don't have to come. We're not forcing them to come, right? People can come of their own will. They can make their own decisions. At the end of the day, this is about freedom. Thank you. Very nice, Barbara. Thank you. Very nice. Did anyone else want to comment? Okay. I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that. My name is Katie Stewart. I live at 4600 Orchard Lane, and I am with you know the people that have spoken already. We're intelligent enough. The clientele that visit March 1st are intelligent enough to maintain the social distance. And of course, if you're sick, if you're immune compromised, stay home. We've all we've all heard it ingrained. It's it's part of our culture now. That's what we're supposed to do as civilized human beings and I, I see it as a great event and we could be a light in <coughs> the darkness. Thanks. Thank <coughs> anyone else just for the fireworks? I'm curious, is there anyone who thinks it's a terrible idea but doesn't want to speak? <laughs> Wrong crowd. Wrong crowd, okay. Mr. Warwick, what do we do at this point? Well, I mean, if there's somebody, if there's somebody that wants to actually go forward with it, um, they would make a motion. They would need a second, and then we would need approval of two out of the three board members. We're still in public comment. Should we finish no, no, public comment first? No, we that because the, he made a special presentation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we, we can address it now. Okay. All right. I, I will move that the township allow the rental to proceed on the following conditions. The sponsors will agree to comply with any state orders which do apply to the event or any activities occurring there, and the sponsors will seek and obtain clearance from the Hamilton County Health Department that the event is not in violation of the law if it proceeds as planned, and that the event will be promoted only to Sycamore Township residents to try to limit the attendance and that it will otherwise be uh, put into effect using the logistics plan that Mr. Fortin described in his comments earlier. Is there a second? I'll second it, but I, I have great, great uh, concerns about it with today's <coughs> environment, and uh, I, I know that, that the people here would behave themselves and act accordingly uh, the unknown factor is what concerns me. But, you know, Barbara uh, made a good point, you know. This is our right to assemble, and so I will, I'll, I'll second that. All right, well, let me know. I, I came in here thinking that as a citizen, it's a great idea, and as a trustee, it's a terrible idea. Uh, and <laughs> you have to balance the two. I'm, I'm here to decide what's best for the township and its residents. We've, we've had a lot of discussion about this already in questions. Mr. Desai, let me ask you, with, with the conditions in the motion, I know you'll still have concerns there, but does that alleviate some of them if all those boxes are checked before the event proceeds? Um, you know, my, my concerns are always, you know, very straightforward. Insurance, indemnification, um, 
those are the typical concerns and, and obviously I've been communicating with Mr. Warwick and he's been on top of that. I think you heard Mr. Rossi talk about their policy limits. Uh, you know, we've got a general liability policy as well. Um, you know, um, the, the comments I made before, I mean, I think still stand um, that um, you're not going to be able to necessarily enforce the social distancing guidelines. Um, and, um, you know, um, that's for the trustees to determine whether or not they, they um, view that as a priority concern or not. Um, you know, you've heard some very emotional comments made. Um, I, I certainly would say this, you know, I, I think that given the fact that there are other communities that are doing them from, you know, primarily remote locations would suggest that the greater wisdom is that, yes, you can celebrate, but you can celebrate in a way that is not just about your personal rights, but about your conscientious um, obligations to the rest of America, which are, you know, you might be immune when you leave that um, park, if you go to a restaurant, you know, if you go to, uh, if you come in contact with somebody who is, who is elderly, they don't know where you've been, they don't know what you have. Um, so, you know, those, those aren't necessarily um, legal concerns, those are concerns that I would just throw out there that um, <coughs> you gotta, you gotta keep everything in perspective. Um, it, it is, you know, it's a balancing act. It sounds to me like the event could be held um, very nicely with remote locations. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, if, um, you know, the trustees want to move forward with it, um, legally, I think, you know, um, we've covered our bases with the, the conditions you've, la you've laid out, uh, which I wrote down as sponsors agree to comply with the guidelines pertaining to their industries. Um, uh, clearance from the Hamilton County uh, Health Department that this is not a violation. Uh, limited advertising, as Mr. Uh, Forden described, which I believe he said was no social media, no radio, uh, just a, a postcard of some sort that would be going out to local residents. And then finally, you said the logistics, as Mr. Forden described, and I presume you were referring to his ability to secure the four parking lots, the closure of the roads, uh, that access that we saw uh, from the two lots that were in the north. I don't know if those were three and four or <laughs> one and two. Um, so those are the conditions I have down. Yes, you wrote that down much better than I said it, by the way, <laughs> but that's, that's exactly right. All right. Thank you, sir. And I would think if, if the trustees do vote to approve this, we would then also have to put in a parking plan in the neighborhoods around it as I, discussed, I, I which would require a separate vote. I'm very concerned about it. Uh, can I just make a comment? Um, <clears throat> I, I agree with Tom James. I think as a resident, this is awesome. As a trustee, we're getting boxed in on this deal. I think that it's, uh, yeah, I'm really concerned. If you didn't have food trucks, which were an attraction, and you didn't have a beer garden, which, is, which was a serious attraction, then maybe it'd be different just to have the fireworks. Everyone sits in their car sits in a parking lot, watches it. I'm all for that. But the fact that this is the only, this is like, like Tom James said, it's the only game in town pretty much. And for us to, for us to not know what we can expect from attendance at this thing is troubling to me. And, and I'm saying that as a trustee, not as a resident, because as a resident and as a citizen, I'd love, I'm just like everybody else commented. I'd be at the beer garden with them. 
So um, I struggle with this because we have a certain responsibility as trustees to make sure that we're making the right decision for our, for our entire township. And I totally get it. I totally get, you know, this is, this is a, a bright light in a lot of darkness we've had over the, over the last three months. But I think at the end of the day, the best decision is to remain cautious. So I str I'm struggling with the fact that we don't really know what to expect when this thing happens. And for that reason, I'm having a difficult time supporting. And I applaud you, Mr. Stanish. Really, I <laughs> applaud you for the work you've done on this. This is incredible in that short period of time. Can I just say one other thing? I agree with them. I mean, I'm looking at the plan. I'm saying, wow, this is pretty damn good. I'm, I'm serious. This looks great. A lot of bases covered. Great. But it goes back to that original thing that Mr. LaBarber said, you know, what, what, what can we expect? We don't know what to expect. And if we, if we, knew, if we knew who was going to be in the tenants and, and that we weren't going to have any problems, I think we'd all be totally on board with it. But the fact that, the fact that there are issues with it and we don't really know what, what we might expect from attendance, um, that's troubling to me. <clears throat> let, let, let me ask one other question to Mr. Fortin. Well, no, never mind. No, okay. I'll ask you later. I did give it a second, so. Yeah, we, we have the motion here. I, I will just add, yeah, I am. I'm torn in both directions over this and don't know which way to go. And I, I share Mr. Weedman's concerns and Mr. LaBarber's concerns and Mr. Work's concerns. And on the other hand, I, I <coughs> agree with what everyone has said out there too. Um, I think I'm prepared to take a leap into the unknown here and trust our residents with their judgment as to what makes sense and the risk they're willing to take on if all these other clearances are in place. <coughs> so if I could, based upon what you said uh, as the restrictions, for lack of better requirements, I don't know the proper terminology. We like um, home conditions. Conditions. Based upon those conditions, that would require the health department to basically sign off on the event. Correct. If the health department signs off on the event, I have no reason to believe that the trustees would feel that their opinion with regard to the safe of the community is superior to the health department. As to safety, you'd be correct, I would think. But as to crowd control and potential crush, that's still the concern. And we are the property <coughs> owner there, and you need our consent to Actually, do Actually, the there. people are the property owner. Well, th that's true, but affirmative consent is required for certain things to happen there. But yes, you're right, it is public property. If you, if you were just to show up on your own with your family without it being an organized <coughs> event, you could do pretty much whatever you wanted within park rules there. Uh, so uh, basically hearing the hesitation, I don't want to cause any more disconcern for either of you. Um, may I make a humble suggestion that in light of your comments that you permit the firework event to occur and simply indicate that the park is closed. So you wouldn't have the food trucks and you wouldn't have the beer booth? No, I'd basically be a peasant again. You're negotiating against yourself, by the way. We haven't voted yet. You know. <laughs> so, you're, so you're saying you're just going to have the fireworks and, and nothing else? 
if that's what would give you guys the ability to let the people celebrate the 4th of July, yes. I'd be much more comfortable with that if we didn't have the other attractions there on the park, frankly. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see March 1st serving its beer there. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see our food trucks prospering there in some way, too. But, but yes, it's less likely to be a, a crushing crowd and a longer-term event that's going to be pulling a lot of people in uh, even over the course of it as people get there at 6 o'clock or whatever and start tweeting, hey, we're here for the fireworks, come on out, and people start to grow. You know, come here, there's beer and all that. So, so yeah, it's probably more viable. Sam Adams happen. will be rolling over in his grave. Well, you can bring him in a six-pack there at least because you can buy him. Don't say that. Um, but... Uh, I would pose the question, if that is the uh, way forward, how do you tell the residents that they cannot go to their park? That's a good question. I think, I think it just kind of nixes your suggestion that we should have them in the park without any beer booth. Because I don't know how we tell people other than when we rent the park for a private event, that it's closed off to the public, right? So when we have private events at our, at the people rent out shelters, for example, <coughs> it's closed off to the public. So if you were to rent the park, we mm -hmm. could close the park. Okay. Well, but your suggestion is we close the park so people don't come in, right? <laughs> we got a conundrum. So, does gentlemen, does that sound feasible to you that you could rope off that park? I mean, it sounds feasible. I, th I think it could be done, but if, if it's only going to be fireworks, it's going to be a much shorter event, and you're not going to advertise, so people aren't even going to know it's happening. Rosie's is going to come in, set up the fireworks, and shoot them off. Yeah. And he, if he rents the park, it's up to him. Who, I mean, if he has. He's rented it, he could invite his friends, and I agree, without the beer garden and the food truck, uh, my concerns about crowd control go down. <coughs> Does the music get to play? <laughs> so we have a motion in the second on the floor. And, we and now we have a well. But yeah, but we still have a motion. Yeah, I think we should vote on the motion before us first, and then if need be, make another. Or you could just withdraw your motion. Or we could do that. Well, I, I'll withdraw the motion and move instead. Same motion as before, except the event shall be restricted such that there shall not be food or beverages served there or beer served there in the manner Mr. Fortin has described, and that the start time of the event be pushed until later accordingly, since there'd be less need to gather earlier. Uh, Start time, does that work? <laughs> what about clearance from the Hamilton County Health Department? That would no longer be a oh, condition? No. Uh, well, that, that's no longer necessary, I suppose, in, in that sense. That's true. So. 
And do we want to have a clause in there that no band or music? <coughs> we want to put that in there. Because you can always get banned. I think you don't want to do that. Well, that, hasn't, that wasn't part of the proposal anyway, so. <laughs> I mean, we want to, you want to, okay, so that would just be it. Just the fireworks, and that's it. Just fireworks. And he invites them. Otherwise, as stated, yeah. And so he's renting the park, and he's he can say who comes and goes into the park because he's renting it. What's yes, which is kind of where we were in the first place with this, though, of course, anyway. Really? He was renting the park yes. for this. But, but without the food <coughs> and the beer attraction, it's much less likely to draw the massive crowd that we all fear might show up there when people say, oh, my gosh, we can go drink beer and watch fireworks. Nobody else will let sure. us do it. So, so yeah, with just the fireworks, I think it becomes a much more family-oriented attraction anyway that is less likely to draw a lot of other people who are going to mob in the park. They may park their car, they may tailgate, but <coughs> I, think, I think that's much more workable. Mr. Fortin still is able to have his fireworks celebration. Hopefully he still has sponsors who will come along in some sense with that. Um, that could help him with the cost if needed, but I think that's a, a useful compromise from the plan as originally proposed. It still gets fireworks in Sycamore Township so our <coughs> residents can celebrate the 4th of July and enjoy it. Close to your house, you can probably even walk, Tom, to see it. I don't know about that. I, I don't know if I can see it from my house. Maybe yeah. I don't know. No. Maybe they can <coughs> see it from the Silver Spring House parking lot. <laughs> Mr. Stanish, do you want us to go forward with this? Are you sure? Are you going to have any second thoughts about? Uh, I don't know where you're going to. First, prefer well, I would prefer a, a motion to allow my original proposal to continue. <coughs> I would not on the floor. Sorry, withdrawn. That's not on the floor. It's been withdrawn. Yeah. That's been withdrawn. <coughs> well, we, I think Mr. James was trying to put the motion together yes. and kind of thinking out loud. What I, what I was hearing from Mr. James was that the motion would be to allow uh, Mr. Standish Fordon to rent the park for purposes of a private fire, fireworks display that would not be open to the public, would not have food trucks, would not have um, a beer garden, uh, would not have any other outside entertainment with a limited time period of, I believe you mentioned 10 p.m., um, and that would be over at approximately 10.30 p.m. Uh, the other conditions that were in the original uh, process of limited advertising would apply, uh, as would the logistics as you originally described them. Uh, that would be my motion. It would be not open to the public, but invitation only as to the private event. <coughs> and. Uh, rental to Standers Fortin or an organization he designates such as his Red White and Boom Sycamore organization. Without the uh, food trucks and correct. entertainment and, and uh, the beer garden, correct? correct? Okay. And we still have, I trust we still have everything in place as it relates to insurance and you know, all that. Right. All, all the other logistics <coughs> and insurance that he proposed would still apply. The county would need to approve closing off. Well, actually there won't be people walking necessarily, but you'll seek school road half closure for that so yeah i feel i feel more comfortable with this yeah, yeah. okay i i so move <laughs> is there a second second any further discussion about it any further discussion mr warwick any concern no okay march 1st any concerns no 
Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. <clears throat> Let me suggest March 1st might want to schedule an event in conjunction with it at your premises before. <laughs> Okay, we're going to move along now with uh, <laughs> residents' comments, and uh, we're going back to the rules that we've established. Thank you, Mr. Rossi. Thank you. Um, the four-minute time limit, this is not a discussion. Um, we're not answering questions. You can ask uh, four minutes worth of questions, sing a song, do a dance routine. You have the four minutes uh, to do that. Uh, we, we may answer your question at the end of your comments. Or, and we may answer it during the trustees' comments, uh, but we will answer it, uh, leave your contact information, and somebody will get back to you. <coughs> Jay Janis, what's next? <coughs> Jay Janis, Junior, 4462, Daffodil Avenue, Sycamore Township, Ohio. Comments tonight are directed concerning comments made about me at the Sycamore Township workshop on, um, two days ago on Tuesday by the fiscal officer. It's only 45 minutes into the meeting. Fiscal officer in conjunction with some other discussion about um, issues related to a potential uh, financial audit. Mr. As I had it, Mr. Porter said he wanted to know, or he made a public record request. Who wanted it? He said, he mentioned Standish Fortin by name and myself. For me, he said, I asked for an audit, an audit committee. Mr. Porter, that is wrong. That's a lie. I've never said that. <coughs> if you go back and listen to the audio, you go back and listen to the um, TV, the audiovisual recording, I said, I had suggested to the trustees a forensic audit. Big difference between an audit committee. To my knowledge, that is fairly common in governmental entities when the administrations change. And as you're, all of us are aware, it went from two to, way, two to one, one way for, I believe you've been in office for close to 30 years, to this past January, two to one the other way. Um, in the past meetings before that, <coughs> trustees James and LaBarbera had offered to you in conjunction with some reporting by the administrator, Mr. Warwick, to get new software to make it more compatible. I think some here refer to it as the boxer system. They said it was obsolete, hard to deal with, hard to find out. You were opposed to it. Trustee Weedman was opposed to it. You referred in a disparaging manner to our administrator several times as a non-resident bureaucrat. For the sake of the audience, and again, is merely, I have nothing against them for their abilities. This is merely, I'd like to all be informed of some of the non-residents in your parlance of bureaucrat. Current employee, past administrators, non-residents, I guess bureaucrats, Bickford, Bishop, Kirk, excuse me, Bickford, Robbie, Behrens, Malloy, currently Mr. Wark. I've never heard you speak disparagingly against any of them. None of them are <laughs> residents. Here's some of our department heads. Kidd, Smith, Miller, I believe Desai, Petty. Uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he's frequently in charge of the bid openings when you have them here. If any of you within the sound of my voice dispute that you do not live in Sycamore Township, speak now. 
the employees, your employee directly in your department, the finance, um, basically woman in the office, Campbell, Gunderson, Stavies, Ms. Johnson, all non-residents, I guess in your parlance, bureaucrats. To my knowledge, all these people I just mentioned, you and your dealings with them have never had any problems referring <coughs> to them or because they're non-residents, I believe you, the past trustees, the current trustees are satisfied with their work. They're all still here. The only two changes that's come this January that I'm aware of is the administrator, a former administrator was a non-resident, he's gone. We have a new administrator. <coughs> he's, he's a non-resident. You, you don't like the new administrator because he asked questions about the finances, wanted to see the financial records. For the record, Trustee LaBarbera in a previous meeting directed him. I've been here for 30 years. I've been in many of these meetings, more than anybody here on this side of the dais. I have never um, heard you or any of the administrators or trustees make a comment as far, is that it? That's four minutes, sir. You're finish your thought, go ahead, finish your I've thought. I've never heard anyone um, say it about the budget. So in other words, I don't know what the problem is with why you have any fears of anybody, be it a, a volunteer <coughs> committee, me, anyone, looking at the budget. Thank you. I have additional comments, but I'll say them in a future date. Thank you. Mr. Abram. <coughs> Gentlemen, I'm here to tonight to bring to light some serious efficiencies in the operation of this township. Transparency seems to be lost the minute an election was concluded. As a taxpayer, I have reason to be seriously concerned here today. I challenge you to tell me why the dismissal of Greg Bickford was good for my township. It certainly wasn't for cause, as he had a good personnel record and the township has been recognized as tops in Southern Ohio for fiscal management and lifestyle factors during his tenure. I don't recall seeing any disrespect of Mr. Bickford by any of his fellow township employees. The financial impact of his dismissal has exposed my township to an additional expense of up to $270,000. As an employer, I consider this to be plain stupid. As a taxpayer, I say it wasn't your right to blow taxpayer funds on your petty <coughs> political, political egos. I challenge you to document, publish, and validate the process of how his replacement was hired. For the sake of your continued efforts towards claiming transparency, you owe this to taxpayers. Was this position advertised? How many candidates were interviewed? Was there a pre-planned list of qualifications shared among the three trustees to use as a benchmark for hiring? What was the timeline of the events? Will you publish all this process information as part of your transparency? as well as for energetic compliance with sunshine laws. This is my formal open records request on this entire employment activity. Mr. Work has only had two years previous paid experience in local government and I read he was dismissed from that position. I question the entire process that resulted in his hiring to administer my township. In my opinion, vetting of this new employee was not done or those hiring him already knew of his deficiencies and hired him anyway. Either case is damning <coughs> and deserving of transparency. In business, we call this a bad hire. 
As a business owner, I would be pulling the individuals who made this hire on the carpet. Any amount of careful vetting would have exposed Mr. Work's previous rather large bankruptcy involving his several businesses. I'm providing a copy, a record copy today, since obviously the trustees bringing Mr. Work to us didn't either know or ignore this information. Who made this decision? The number of suppliers and friends or business associates left short by this bankruptcy is astounding. I know some of these people and the firms. Enormous credit card balances indicate a total lack of recognition of knowing when to quit digging. Even the state of Ohio's sales taxes collected and not forwarded to the state would disqualify him in a position within our township. Why wasn't this final candidate's qualifications presented in an open meeting to your taxpayers? Would they approve of someone with these qualifications handling their money? Should you be taking his guidance on township financial decisions? Will my property taxes be going up soon due to bad business decisions and practices embraced by the trustees? Will our financial reserves be diminished? Neighborhood people I've discussed this with are shocked and foresee very concerning financial issues. You need to admit in full disclosure to the totality of this bad hiring process. I'm calling for you to immediately terminate Mr. Work and start an honest and open process to hire a qualified and competent administrator to manage the day-to-day -day affairs of our township. I want answers. What's this? Which you should have done. I've done your research. There's nobody else on the list uh, for public comment. Okay, sheriff's report. Uh, uh, let me just speak. Mr. Abraham's walking out the door, so I guess he didn't want to hear the response to the questions he raised. But for the record, Mr. Bickford resigned, and there is a severance agreement with him, and that is the township's official position. Mr. Warwick is eminently qualified, and I don't appreciate someone insulting one of our officials here in the township in a public meeting. Obviously, members of the public are entitled to their opinions, but if Mr. Abraham wanted a true dialogue, I don't think he would have walked out the door now. I'm happy to speak with him later if he's interested in doing that off the record. Thank you. All right, Sheriff Report, um, pensioning for <coughs> Smith, uh, Corporal Eric Kidd. Good evening, I have no report. No report? Lieutenant Smith will be back to work on Mon Monday, June 8th. Still in Florida, I guess. Somewhere. <laughs> you, stuck around, you stuck around all that time. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Quick, thank quick, you for the service you guys have been yeah. doing. Great. Yeah. Great Just work. quick question. I know there were some rumors of activity headed for the mall during the unrest downtown this weekend, but we haven't actually seen any criminal activity around the mall from that, have we? No, sir. That's good. No, sir. You guys have been on alert there, I know, waiting in the parking lot and keeping yes. an eye on things, so thank you. <laughs> Out with the EMS and fire report, Assistant Fire Chief uh, Jerry Cooper. Coop? Um, actually, I'm going to keep this short. I don't have a report tonight. Um, we did our COVID report update on Tuesday morning. Pretty much status quo from probably the last time Chief Penny uh, forwarded any information. So that's where we stand right now. So. 
Unless you have any questions about Chief, it. you had a uh, fire earlier today, I think. Uh, I saw a bunch of uh, you, your guys all left, and then Blue Ash came down. Ken, we did room. about 5 o'clock. We had a uh, <coughs> fire that was confined to a bedroom over on Beach. Um, so I apologize for my tardiness getting here. There were some issues that I had to remain uh, on the scene there. But, uh, but yeah, there was nobody hurt, no, actually no structural damage. We got it. We got there quick and got it stopped. So, but um, yeah, that's about all I got. I'll keep, like I said, keep it short. Very good. Thank Super, you. Thank you. Thank you. Roads maintenance recreation report. Uh, our superintendent of the roads, uh, Tracy Collins. It's the only uh, couple of things that I had since Tuesday. Uh, just want to report document shredding is Saturday, June twentieth, ten to two, and that will be here. Uh, in the back parking lot. Other than that, we are moving uh, forward with the trash bash in, in September. Uh, if confirmed with uh, Rumpke and all of our other uh, uh, contractors, except for one who was supposed to get back with me, so uh, those will be done in September. <coughs> I know I receive phone calls every week about when we're going to re uh, schedule that, so uh, citizens will be happy to hear that. So the only other thing I have is I uh, want to bring up in the uh, recreation report, I uh, believe you have before you a list of nominees for the park board. <coughs> I want to bring that list to you for approval. That's Ms. Kathy Kugler, Jay Janice Jr., James C. Stanley, Christine Early, James T. Riley III, and Lisa Bass Hodge. Motion to approve. Second. Discussion? Uh, we, I think we'd already discussed these candidates when Mr. Petty had yep. mentioned them before, and I, I actually <laughs> thought we had already approved them and realized we hadn't until I had asked Mr. Warwick about that, and we made sure we got it on the agenda tonight. Some of those committee members are here, I know. Uh, Mr. Janice is here, and Ms. Googler is here. So we're pleased you guys are willing to serve as well. Thank you. Hmm? But well, we didn't vote yet. We have to do that. <laughs> Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Now congratulations. <laughs> That's all I have, sir. Okay, planning and Wait, oh, sorry. You, you know I always have something to say. <laughs> Tracy, I, Tracy, you may not have seen this yet, but uh, as Mr. Vorton was pointing out earlier, today the governor announced that on June, uh, June 10th, playgrounds outdoors can open. Uh, Subject to whatever the order says, in case there are conditions in there, will you please get our playgrounds opened on June 10th? June 10th. Thank you. Planning and zoning report, uh, our zoning administrator, planning administrator, Skyland. <coughs> yes, sir. Uh, first item on the agenda is uh, 7300 Quail Hollow. Uh, it's, I believe it's supposed to be drive. Um, I'm going to show you guys a couple of pictures of, of the site. This is uh, this is actually a redevelopment site. There was a um, uh, there's a pre-existing single-family home. Uh, the owner of the property has demolished the um, the, the residential home. There is planning on uh, building a, a newer, larger home on the same site. Uh, unfortunately, due to uh, due to you know personal logistics as well as I think some delays based on uh, you know weather and the COVID pandemic. Uh, what we're dealing with right now is a uh, uh, is an open hole uh, from the um, uh, from 
both the excavation and then the uh, uh, the, the planned um, pouring of the of the new foundation. So I I have some pictures here to kind of show the site. I know most of you have, or maybe even all of you have been out to the site now. Uh, <coughs> let me see if I can. <coughs> well, technology is going to get the better of me here. Hang on one second. While you're doing that, uh, Skylar, I was out there uh, this afternoon at 6 o'clock and met with Mr. Hart, who is, uh, so he must be to the south of that property. Yes. And um, uh, he go. tells me that this hole got dug originally, I think, in February. Is that correct? A yeah. Approximately. I'm Jim Hart's neighbor. <laughs> yeah, okay. You live in the White House on the corner? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Would you mind coming up and giving us a little uh, sure. background on this? Sure. What's your name and address? <laughs> like Johnny Carson. Real quick, if I may, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of elaborate on the on the basics. There there is a there is an active building permit uh, and zoning permit on this site. Um, the, this hole has filled up numerous times. Uh, we've we've been working with the applicant, and their their contractor. Um, we've had several issues with. Um, you know, uh, them being responsive on on these issues on the site and actually um, uh, draining the the site we're at this current time we're being told that their contractors will be out on site any day now but they've been telling us that now for uh, for about three weeks I, so. I gotta tell you I'm this is the picture that I sent you and I gotta tell you it's actually it's actually a picture I took. You is and that I right? Are looking, so you and I were looking at the exact same thing. The same exact the, the erosion that the erosion that's taken place here. This lady's getting ready to sell her house to another woman. Yep. Yeah. Somebody's going to get be in trouble with this house because yep. there's way too much erosion for this. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, and, and this thing was full of water ago. not a week ago. Yes. Uh, the fence is the fence. Uh, a three year old could kick past that fence. Yep. Right. I mean, this is this is a very dangerous situation, not just for the for the next door residents around there but also for for kids to get into that uh, into that site and, completely and, and this is actually a uh, a replaced construction fence this is actually better than oh. what has been there for the last several months less bad just for the record less bad less bad just for the record we walked around the fence so, Any kid can get around. Yeah. Uh, so uh because there's actually no no building here uh you know there's really no setbacks or any issues uh, from from a purely zoning standpoint to enforce, uh, the the township does, however, have our, our property maintenance code, and uh, you know my department has issued violations on this site uh, pertaining to uh, you know improper grading, um, you know soil and erosion controls, and you know talking about the issue further with uh, Mr. Desai, uh, we are actually going to follow up tomorrow morning uh, with. Uh, uh, sections 108, 3, and 5, which are actually uh, emergency standards for um, <coughs> unsafe structures, and um, we're, we're we're going out on a little bit of a limb. But you know, uh, the definition of a structure, uh, you know, we're saying that this is part of the uh, part of the foundation, part of the part of the basement because it's already excavated for that. Um, uh, if if we do see any water filling up in there, I'm I'm going to go ahead and use my authority in the that capacity as the uh, the property maintenance official to just just go out there and pump it ourselves. I, I think there's very <laughs> limited liability there, um, but we would need a motion from the trustees 
um, to to file for an emergency action through the courts. Okay, so. Mr. Miller, do you mind if I? I'm sorry. Oh. You, you wanted to make a comment. <clears throat> I I think Mr. Miller did a very nice job of explaining it, but I I do want to walk through some of the uh, particulars of the legalities of how we have to do things. But sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, not at all. Do do what you need to do. <laughs> uh, my name is Robert Sardarelli at 6930 Michael Drive, just to the south of that, and I. I'm here basically um, with Mr. Hart, the, whom I believe you spoke to today. Um, my concern is strictly, and it's already been mentioned, is the danger, the high risk with the essentially lack of fencing that's there for kids, uh, pets. Actually, that neighbor's house right there, her dog fell into the hole when it was full of water the first time, and Sycamore fire came and got her out, oh, the dog, really? at about 1.30 in the morning, two, or something like that. So there's already been an incident several, uh, two, three months ago, I want to say. The house was demolished in October. No digging was done until February. And it took them about three weeks to, to get to this point, and it was neat and clean. But with all the rains, the spring rains we've had, you see the erosion there on the north end. So. There's, there's the danger standpoint, there's the health standpoint. I contacted Hamilton County uh, about uh, worrying about mosquitoes and, and that kind of control. They came and put anti-larval bricks in there in, I wanna say March, I believe it was, but the property's been drained a couple of times since then, so certainly that's gone. Then of course there's the north, uh, the north wall that you see there that's, that's coming, <coughs> that's eroding away. And then lastly, there's the, the issue with Mr. Hart with what he sees there, there's the erosion from the giant hill back onto his property uh, and the aesthetics and whatnot. So that's basically the history. Um, I'd know. like to ask Mr. Desai if, if it's possible that uh, under the emergency, uh, uh, under the emergency, if we have the ability to get a, uh, a bulldozer and pull all that, push all that dirt back in that hole. Uh, I mean, it's the only <clears throat> it's the only way to make that a safe site. Because anything short of that is trouble, and and I'm really concerned for the lady to the north, who, mm -hmm. um, I mean, the erosion that's taken place there now with all with no water in there, it's even going to be more erosion. She has sold her home apparently, <coughs> um, and I will say I saw the property owner today at lunchtime, as I was walking my dog, and he claims that the work is going to begin on Monday, so we'll see. Yeah. There's I no way that will be dry enough to, to, to do anything in There's there, no I don't way. think. <clears throat> I remember looking at this months ago, and I thought they were going to take care of it at that time. Mm -hmm. And it was a little bit. Now it's gotten worse and worse. And then some pictures yeah. we saw a couple yeah. of weeks ago were, uh, and that's a lovely neighborhood, and you have to look at, uh, and we need to take care of this. I might add, these are pictures from today. These are today? Yeah. Yeah, I was out there right after you, and Paul Schuyler was there. It looked like a deer had been wandering around down in there now, too. I'm sorry. There was a deer that had been wandering around in there, too. It looks like there were deer footprints. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah we we found a deer, deer trail on site today. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, yeah, that poor lady next door. <laughs> but he's always been, I'm getting ready to do it. I'm getting ready to fix it. Well, I'm getting ready to do that tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, this is, this, this is the, the quintessential, you yeah. know, the checks in the mail. Um, I, I, again, it's no different than I, what we experienced on Coogler Mill, by the way. Yeah. With that, with that yeah. house that we're getting ready to knock down. Okay. Is well, we all agree there's a problem. We're I think, to it. And we're it's nine o'clock. It. What mm -hmm. can we do? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I would like to know: Do we have the, the ability to, under emergency, to get a bulldozer and push that dirt back in that hole? No. 
No. No. Okay. And, and we we did discuss that this week. You know how how far do our emergency uh, powers extend? Um, that was the reason that I'm recommending uh, a motion uh, to uh, to pursue an emergency action through the courts. Yeah. So, Mr. Miller and I laid out a game plan. Um, first off. Um, he is going to issue a notice of violation tomorrow that is different than the notice of violation that was issued previously in May. This notice of violation is specifically going to follow uh, part 108 of our maintenance code, which is dangerous structure or premises, premises being the key here. Um, and he is going to um, start that process rolling to get it teed up. Under the emergency <laughs> procedures, which are in part 109, he has the ability, uh, based on the uh, interpretation we have of the uh, project, as he uh, explained, to go in there under 109.2, which says notwithstanding other provisions of this code, whenever in the opinion of the code official, and if you will recall, resolution 2011-109 was passed and it said any time the maintenance code referred to the code official, it's zoning administrator. And in the opinion of the code official, there is imminent danger due to an unsafe condition. The code official shall order the necessary work to be done, including the boarding up of openings to render such structure temporarily safe, whether or not the legal procedure herein described has been instituted and shall cause such other action to be taken as the code official deems necessary to meet such emergency. So the, it's a three-tier three plan. First, a new set of uh, violations noticed under 108, which are dangerous structure or premises, because we clearly have dangerous premises here. Under 109, uh, the ability to go in and um, uh, put up any fencing that would be necessary, drain any water that would be necessary from uh, the hole. Um, and number three, as he has mentioned, uh, looking for a motion from the trustees. We don't need it on the first two things I discussed. That's within the authority of the zoning administrator. But on the third piece, looking for a motion from the trustees to authorize the law director to file uh, a uh, complaint and a motion for a temporary restraining order with the court next week uh, whereby the township is allowed to go in and fill the hole. So again, under, under 108, Mr. Miller is going to <coughs> issue violations for the dangerous uh, premises. Under 109, he's going to go in and immediately pump any water that may be there and uh, solidify the fencing. And number three, we need a motion from the trustees to allow me to go into uh, court to uh, uh, ask the court for an emergency order allowing us to fill the hole. Okay, I'll make a motion that we, uh, we authorize our law director to uh, file for a temporary restraining order to, uh, to go into court and fill that hole. Second. And, and if I could ask you to add to that and address any other erosion issues. And address any other erosion issues. Second that. Question, if I may, as to this, just looking further in here, the emergency repair section 109.4, is that something that can occur immediately and is that limited to a structure or to the premises? Because could we put a shoring <laughs> wall in there maybe? And, and you've hit on the, um, the concern. Um, the, 
I would feel more comfortable getting an order from the court. How quickly do you anticipate that process to happen in the current environment? Um, for things the, of this nature, I, the courts are still there. Okay. Yeah. So um, I would anticipate we would file something on Tuesday, and I would ask the court uh, to have it teed up by Thursday so that we would have an order in hand at the end of the day, Thursday or Friday morning. That brings up another question then we have the motion to proceed no matter what essentially as framed here what if the contractor actually does start work monday <clears throat> we'd be voting to have you go to court anyway would we need to do that or should we include a contingency in our motion i mean amending? i'm going to be i'm going to be practical um you know by the grace of god i'm not lacking for any work so this is something i'm going to work on over the weekend and uh, i'd prefer not to if i didn't have to um but if we get to a point where the problem goes away, it goes away, and we're done. Okay. Well, let, let me suggest or move that we amend the motion before us then to include a contingency that if the planning and zoning director or township administrator informs you that the problem has gone away, you will put a hold on filing the motion. Or stop wherever I'm at. Or, or stop where you are. Yeah. yeah. I'll agree to amend my motion. <clears throat> All right, so we have a motion on the floor uh, for the law director to seek an emergency order from the court uh, to fill the hall, address other erosion problems, with the caveat that if the township administrator or the zoning administrator inform the law director it's no longer necessary, I'll stop. Correct. Okay. Thank if, you. If necessary, I second the amended motion if that wasn't So for discussion purposes, can I just suggest we have some kind of time limit on this because We've seen these in the township for a lot of years. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get to it next week. Oh, yeah, I got the crew coming in next week. Two months later, it's still nothing's done, and we still got an issue. So um, I, I'm more, uh, I mean, I, I think we have to, at some point, we got to say we've got oh, to yeah. just do this, and it doesn't really matter whether the guy says he's going to come to work tomorrow or not. Right. Oh, yeah, that, that's not what I meant. I just didn't want to leave an open-ended motion technically ordering Mr. Desai to file it anyway if it's no longer needed. Gotcha. So, yeah. I just want, I just want to be clear with that. Yeah, and, and I, I, I know Skyler will be on yeah, top of so, that. So, so my trigger for, for contacting <coughs> Mr. Desai will be when I see construction crews on site doing, you know, having substantial commencement of work. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm sorry, I'm just thinking Stabilize like a lawyer site, trying to dot form, all the I's yeah. here. Form up the foundation. Yeah. <coughs> and procedurally, I think Mr. Reeben did the amended motion, so I still think we need a second. We do a second. second. Yeah. No. Yeah. So we would give him like 30 days to do this, to get, get this going? You're going to put a time frame on that? I'm going to ask for immediate relief. Immediate. Okay. We already have active violations on the site based on <coughs> based on other components of the property maintenance code. Mr. Stoneyrell, uh, did the health department, has they been involved in this? Haven't they come out to check this out? Not to my knowledge. It was the um, the, the folks that came and put the anti-larval in initially, uh, and again, I want to say in March, was Hamilton County Water and Soil and Water. Yes. Yeah. Soil Water Conservation. But not <coughs> Health Department. Yeah. Unless Mr. Hart's contacted, but I, I don't know that. Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, uh, the other item I have is the... Uh, you. Did you have any other comments, Mr. Sotorelli? No, that's all. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Hopefully we can get that yeah. resolved for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And we will be, uh, we will continue to reach out to, to Mr. Hart 
on uh, updates so that he can he can update the rest of the community. Okay, very good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And and would Mr. Kice, the property owner, be in the mix, being notified or? Uh, you, Is that the, to the north? Uh, he's the owner. Yeah. The, he's oh, 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 you the mean owner the owner of the site? Of the oh, oh, the owner of the site. Yeah, yeah, he'll we're, be we're, we're in constant contact <coughs> with him. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> yep. Excellent. Thanks very much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Have a good night. Okay. Uh, at uh, at Tuesday's meeting, uh, the, uh, township staff uh, was directed to uh, to provide the the trustees with a resolution to proceed with uh, uh, <coughs> the master site plan for the Montgomery Road properties. Uh, let's see here. Let me pull this up for you. <coughs> uh, just very quickly before I read this. Uh, so this is a breakdown of, of the costs that uh, are associated with this proposal. Um, the market analysis will be performed by <coughs> Market Matrix uh, uh, Metrics LLC. Uh, that's a total of nine thousand dollars. Uh, the focus group meetings, which are $1,200 each, uh, so there's there's three <coughs> focus group meetings, followed by the, the master uh, master plan charrette at $8,500. Um, after discussing this with uh, the township administrator, we decided to, to round this up instead of instead of leaving it at uh, 20 $21,100. Uh, we were thinking there may be additional plan options. Um, you know, something that we may request additionally of the uh, consultant. So we've rounded this up to, to $25,000 with the, the $3,900 contingency. So but the, uh, the proposal um, actual costs are $21,100. So any questions before I read this? <coughs> the, the focus groups that we're envisioning in here, I, I want there to be as much public input as possible here and I know the plan is we'll, we'll be inviting some people to the focus groups mm -hmm. but are we going to be excluding anyone who may want to observe or participate at that stage and letting them participate at the assurance? That's a question I ran for office on and just got elected on. Maybe one of the other trustees can answer that. I also questioned that <coughs> when I ran in 2017. So I, I think the acquisition of these, of these properties was in anticipation that that would be incorporated into the bigger piece so that we had the ability for uh, access management. That was what the original purpose of all of this was for. And uh, to take pressure off of the intersection of Kenwood and Montgomery Road, which we all know is the biggest problem, the biggest problem we have from an access management standpoint. So this property was all uh, assembled so that we had the ability, knowing that we would develop something on the, on the property that wasn't used for access management, certainly. Um, <clears throat> originally, I think there was a discussion about um, when those houses became available on the south side of Orchard Lane and the fact that that um, we I think we bought them for a pretty decent price we bought those in anticipation that we may want to use that strip of those 12 or houses on the south side of Orchard Lane for some kind of transitional use in the event that we had something significant go onto the property on Montgomery Road so in good planning always says you want to have a transitional use. You don't want to just stick. I mean, we, I, to be honest with you, we made a mistake when we did, um, uh, uh, what's the one uh, just south of that? Redstone. Redstone, where we approved the plan and the parking garage, I mean, you can almost stand there and hold, hand somebody a beer on their deck because it's so close. Mm -hmm. And that's really not good planning. 
And so the thought process was if we had these houses that were available that we would use that as a transitional use to, uh, to get from single family housing on the north part, north side of Orchard Lane to the more intense use along Montgomery Road. So that, that was the thought process when we bought them and we bought them for a pretty reasonable price, that's why we bought them. Would you sell them for what um, I guess it depends on what the what the Shrek comes up with and to try to determine whether these are a value for a transitional use or not. I mean, I mean that's what we originally bought them, bought them for, knowing that we were going to put a an access management plan through that property somehow, and the rest of it was going to de be developed into a more intense use. So that's the reason why we originally acquired them. I mean, I'm, depending on what the Shrek comes up with, we may very well be interested in doing that. But, you know, we have to wait and see, go through this process first. Yeah, okay. Part of why we want to do the process here, too, and, and thank you for the explanation, Tom, um, is that is basically prime property. I mean, it's one of the best properties in Hamilton County for something, and we want to make sure the right thing that fits our township is there, and that's why we want to go through this process, because we trustees aren't real estate developers. We don't know what the best use is, and we don't necessarily have the most original ideas for what could be there. So this is an opportunity for the public and developers and other interested parties to pitch their visions for what should be there. And they may be wildly competing ideas. There may be, you know, a Disney-type <coughs> palace there or fancy apartments or offices or hotels or single-family homes or another gas station or a prettier Taco Bell. Who knows? That's what this process is for, to get these ideas so that we can decide what seems to be the best vision for it because for better or for worse, we taxpayers ended up spending a lot of money assembling all these properties into a big parcel. So let's 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 do something good with it. I just might add that we used tax increment financing funds so that didn't really come out of the general fund to buy any of these properties. I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken, they were all, we, they were all purchased with TIF. And so uh, um, this has not in any way um, created a problem for our operating budget because th those are restricted funds and we were able to use TIF to buy the, to purchase those properties so <coughs> and I wasn't suggesting it created a problem for taxpayer funds but it was taxpayer funds used to purchase it out yes, of TIF tax money finance funds. Yes. yes 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 bucketed in a TIF so anyway thanks Read. all right uh, resolution authorizing the administrator to enter into contracts for master site planning services from Montgomery Road Properties Project, dispensing with the second reading and declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Second. Oh. Okay. Mr. Any discussion? Let's move Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Okay. Uh, that's actually all I have for, um, uh, for, for my section tonight, though. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Can, can I just ask a question? I don't want to prolong this no, meeting. That's any longer, but we had some discussion in the workshop the other day, I know, about the Myers-Cooper project there, mm -hmm. Caddy Corner from Jewish Hospital, and I think there may have been some more communications afterward, have there, or something else going on? Uh, can you there, update us? There, there have been uh, more communications with uh, the, uh, the project owner, uh, site owner. Uh, we have seen improvements on the site. Their landscaper was out there. Uh, I have been out to take pictures. Have not had an opportunity to speak to uh, Mr. Desai and uh, Mr. Work about it in detail to determine, um, you know, how close they are to to satisfactory compliance with uh, with our conditions. Um, well, I won't I, put you on the spot then if you're not ready yet. To no, no, that's fine. Uh, but there there has been some movement on the site. 
Um, uh, we have not issued any other permits uh, on on the site, and uh, at this time, we're still holding all those. Um, there, there is one uh, other other tenant in there that could potentially receive a, a certificate of occupancy from Hamilton County Building Department. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen, <coughs> uh, but uh, as we're told by by the county, that's um, that's outside of our. Uh, control at this point in time there are some discussions on on that front as well about um, you know our, our contract with with Hamilton County in that regard okay and for the public's reference if anyone didn't watch our workshop the other morning where we discussed this the county got ahead of us we attached some conditions for zoning a prior board had approved <coughs> zoning for that project and put several conditions on it before anyone would occupy it and the county didn't wait for the township to issue a certificate indicating that those conditions had been complied with and they hadn't yet and so someone moved in because the county left them and so that's a bit at cross purposes with the purpose of putting conditions on these things and that's what this relates to so that's all still in the works yes, sir Thank and you. some of the neighbors are still concerned about this uh, law director uh, Deepak Desai nothing to report sir and our administrator uh, Rick Ward with all I have is a large purchase order, which is uh, uh, for our audit that's uh, required by the state of Ohio. The uh, audit is running a little bit late because of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And uh, so he, they have started work on it. And so we're, uh, uh, we did not uh, issue the PO at the time that the contract was put in place. So I'm asking for approval for this uh, Purchase order for thirteen thousand seven hundred fifty dollars, payable to the auditor of state. Motion to approve. Second. Discussion. <coughs> Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Fiscal Officer uh, Rob Porter. Report <coughs> communications. Uh, I have uh, no communications tonight. Trustee comments? I, I, I do have a few comments, though. Um, as we just approved the audit, I, I just wanted to point out uh, to address one of Mr. Janice's comments about the forensic audit. The township is, the trustees aren't authorized to do a forensic audit, and that was part of the point I made it, I was trying to make in the uh, workshop. Uh, the only person that can do audit the township is the uh, uh, auditor of state and uh, and they're going to do it I'm sure they'll do a very thorough job and I welcome their their uh, audit and I'm not afraid of anything so that's <coughs> to address that aspect the other thing is um, <coughs> um, Mr. Abramson did make some uh, uh, Good comments, I thought. Uh, the hiring of the administrator was highly irregular. I've been here for the hiring of approximately uh, maybe nine administrators, and they've always been brought in for interview with all the trustees. Uh, they've been vetted. They've been, uh, you know, we've had numerous resumes that were reviewed got references. None of that happened in the case of the hiring of this administrator. Um, 
It happened with the hiring of Skyler, which who I think is a, a very good employee, <coughs> and uh, but everyone was involved in the uh, uh, review of res multiple resumes, not just him. There were multiple candidates, and uh, I think he made a good hire with uh, Skyler. Um, as uh, Jim LaBarbera has frequently mentioned, uh, he's uh, said that uh, we should have uh, performance reviews regularly of our employees, and I'd like to see you implement that. Uh, another thing that uh, has always been done in the past is whenever we've hired uh, people of, uh, you know, management-type positions, uh, that they've been a probationary employee for approximately six months or so, and then um, and then reviewed, and um, you know their performance analyzed. Um, I think that should be done in uh, the case with our recent hires. As I say, I think Skyler's done a good job, but I think he's uh, you know should be uh, reviewed and. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, in fact, uh, urge you to continue in his employment. Um, but I think that should apply to all our uh, senior management. Uh, as uh, Ms. Little Barber pointed out, we should review our employees and uh, uh, put, you know, put those reviews in their, uh, in their records. Thank you. Trustee comments? Um, yeah. Mr. Weedman. Yep. So, um, I want to let everybody know that I've been working closely with some of the legislators regarding an amendment to SB 310, and I don't know if you know what SB 310 is, but that is the that is the uh, bill that was passed in the Senate. I think it went to the it may have gotten passed in the House today. It's going back to the Senate just for some uh, some uh, uh, minor changes. But SB 310 um, is taking the first 350 million dollars from the federal government. The state is going to distribute. Uh, to the 88 different counties uh, using the 2019 local government fund formula. So um, <clears throat> there's been a move through uh, with a number of townships to put amendment together to SB 310. And um, I've been working with the legislators on that. And let me just read the synopsis quickly. Um, <clears throat> it authorizes municipalities and townships to temporarily, temporarily divert payments in lieu of taxes the subdivision received from a tax increment financing project and use the diverted money to fund any public safety and road and bridge maintenance expenses that are not eligible to be funded with the Federal CARES Act funding. Expenses not directly related to the COVID-19 pandemic requires subdivisions to reimburse those diverted TIF funds before the TIF expires but only to the extent the subdivision receives federal funds that may be used to pay such expenses. So in other words, we would borrow money from our TIF fund to use it for public safety and for road expenses. And we would be able to use those restricted funds and only be obligated to pay them back to the, to the TIF prior to its ex expiration if we receive funds from the federal government to do so which allows us to use what we were just talking about TIF funds and how they're restricted, would allow us to open up some of the restrictions on using some of those funds for something other than um, what, they're, what they're currently designated for now. 
Um, <clears throat> the diversion in the sub subdivision's fiscal year ending in, the, in 2020 may be up to 25% of the balance on hand on the bill's effective date, plus 25% of additional collections during that fiscal year. While the diversion fiscal year ending in 2021 may be up to 25% of the balance on hand on the first day of that fiscal year, plus 25% of additional collections during that fiscal year. So um, <clears throat> it is a push. Um, some of you may know I'm president of Ham County Township Association, and I've gotten a lot of uh, push from other townships to get this amendment through in the uh, state house and the state senate. Uh, I'm told that the governor is willing to, to sign it if uh, the House and the Senate can come to an agreement of language. Um, I would suggest that we, uh, we prepare a letter to our legislators in support of this amendment as it would be a significant financial help to our township. So I, I trust you all would probably agree that that would uh, be Mr. beneficial. Bill Sites, Bill Sites, yeah. Sites is in the House and uh, Blessing in the Senate. Okay. <laughs> Most likely, but I'd like to read the bill first. Which House bill is it, by the way? Uh, so it's an amendment. Um, I'm happy to, to forward you a copy yeah, of the amendment. Yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> the only other thing I have, as you know, the um, elective surgeries are back and picking up, uh, picking up daily in, uh, in Hamlin County. The Hotspur Blood Center is in need of all types of blood, A, B, and O. They're, uh, they're also continuing to seek plasma donations from people that have been confirmed to have had COVID-19 so they can harvest the antibodies for treatment of seriously ill patients in, with the virus. For those interested in helping, please call Hawksworth Blood Center at 513-451-0910. And that's all I have this evening. Although I would like to, um, I see we have an execu executive session for the purposes of ongoing litigation. I would like to add to that uh, um, uh, an exec executive session for the purposes of personnel as well. And that's all I have. Yeah, a uh, few things here. First of all, just a reminder to anyone in the public, if you haven't responded to the census yet, do that, please. It, it matters for us to get an accurate count for Sycamore Township, certainly, as to our population. Uh, ask your neighbors, hey, did you respond to the census yet? They may not have. The original deadline was pushed out a little, but many people still haven't responded. Uh, we have a pretty good response rate for Sycamore Township, but it's important to do that. To address some of the other comments here, though, um, Mr. Porter, you have your statutory duties as fiscal officer. You do a very nice job as to them, and you have your own domain there as to what you do as fiscal officer. Your responsibilities including paying the township's bills, making sure the money's coming in and that it's accounted for and so forth. But frankly, you're incorrect to say trustees aren't authorized to do a forensic audit if they wanted to. We are responsible for setting the budget for the township and determining where the money goes and what the proper uses are for it. And if we want to look back at prior numbers independently of your office, we can certainly authorize that outside of your office. We just can't order you to do it. But we could certainly do that if we needed to. I'm not suggesting that needs to happen I, now, but we do have the authority to manage what the township I, does I suggest well. you review the, the, the handbook. It clearly mm -hmm. says that you do not have that power. We don't have the power to order you to do it. <coughs> we could commission an well, outside we, audit we, if we, we wish. That, yeah, but. But anyway, the trustees are the ones with the ultimate responsibility as to where the money is supposed to go as opposed to how it is spent and dispensed, well, which I, is your I, office. I yeah. agree. I have no authority yeah. to, to raise any money or spend any right. money. That's your prerogative. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I'm not criticizing. for 30 years, I've stayed out of your right. business that way. So. And, and I'm not criticizing how you're running your office either, <laughs> but I do want to make Thank that you. point that if, if we trustees do want to take a look back 
because I'm curious as to things that have happened in the past with township money and where some of it's gone and why some of it's gone to certain places and why suddenly more of it suddenly went to some places. And I may want to see an audit as to that if it's not clear from the township's records. And those would be things you don't even know about. But the trustees may or it may be in the trustee records. So I wanted to make that point. Now, it, there have been comments tonight from Mr. Abraham, who was rather uh, <coughs> harsh and biting in his comments and dropped a packet here for us and then walked out the door before anyone could respond. I made some comments earlier about Mr. Warwick, and I stand behind my confidence in him as township administrator. As some of you here know, uh, I ran for office on a platform of changing the culture in Sycamore Township as to how things were run. Mr. Bickford was administrator for quite some time, and he was part of that culture. Mr. Bickford, according to his severance agreement with the township, resigned. Uh, but I will tell you, I had some conversations with Mr. Bickford before taking office, before I was in office, and before I was subject to public records laws and so forth, as, as a matter of fact, too. But one of the things I learned from Mr. Bickford himself is that he was told by prior boards of trustees to cut out my colleague, Jim LaBarbera, from what was going on in the township and to not keep him informed as to things that were going in the township and to not invite him to planned events or to disinvite him from some of them. And frankly, that is inappropriate and why it is refreshing to have a sudden and, and very different change in the township administrator. Mr. Warwick is very skilled at what he does. He has come in in the past to townships, Hamilton Township, when change was necessary and accomplished it very ably. He is digging into what has been going on in the past in Sycamore Township so that I can have an understanding of that and so that Mr. LaBarber can. I will tell you that I have instructed Mr. Warwick from the start before I ever thought it was a good idea to hire him that he should treat each of us three trustees equally. The fact that the culture has changed and what, what may the, be the perceived majority here has changed doesn't mean Mr. Weedman should be excluded from anything or from any information. And I have told him that he should be kept in the loop, as should Mr. LaBarbera and as should I. We should be treated equally. His job is to administer the township on behalf of the taxpayers of the township and the voters of the township. We are the board who oversees what he does, but we hired him for that purpose, mm -hmm. and I have great confidence in him. Mr. Porter is correct, however. Employees should be subject to review, always, not just after six months, but all the time. Any township employee should be subject to review, and if their performance is wanting <laughs> or failing, then the township needs to be able to make a change and should make a change. And that means the township shouldn't, through its boards of trustees, handicap future boards of trustees with uh, contracts for <coughs> township employees with golden handcuffs and golden parachutes in them, which makes it incredibly expensive when a change does need to occur or does occur. Mr. Bickford did have one such contract, and as Mr. Abraham noted, it was expensive when he left, but it was always going to be expensive when he left, whether it was now or later because of the way the contract <coughs> was worded and the buyouts required in it. It's inappropriate to have contracts like that for township employees because it makes it expensive and difficult to make a change when a review might show it's needed or some other thing shows it's needed or someone resigns. I, I've made that point before. I've discussed Mr. Bickford's contract in particular before. My plan is we're not doing contracts like that anymore. <laughs> Mr. Warwick doesn't have a contract like that. If we do need to make a change, we can make one. But despite the, the muck that Mr. Abraham was spreading earlier, I have complete confidence in Mr. Warwick's good sense and financial mm -hmm. wherewithal, and I stand behind him. If, on the other hand, in some future review, I learn that's incorrect, I won't hesitate to make a change. But I, I thought it was important to make that point. 
So, and thank you for sitting there through all of that, Mr. Warwick. Those are my comments, thank you. Uh, I'll just add that Mr. Porter, when I became a trustee, I went back and looked at the performance reviews of a uh, number of our people who work in the township, went through there and it was seven years was the closest one that I saw with a written performance and many up to 17 years and longer. <coughs> so I did make the, I did say, you know, let's I get written, written yeah, let's work reviews on a yearly basis. I think that's but, a good but idea. Just so you know, you've been around for 30 years in the township and you stood by and let that go. But that, now we're, now it's we're, not my that's not okay. my duty. No, it's not that's your duty, your duty. But, I'm, but you didn't call it to anybody's attention. Well, I'm calling I mean, it to your attention yes. now. And it, and it will be taken care of. We'll, okay. we'll handle this the way we've handled other things in the township. Um, I also support Mr. Warwick 100%, and I thought that was, Mr. but you know, anybody can say whatever they want to say. You can say whatever they want to say, you know? I liked the reference to American Pie, because it's one of my all-time favorite <laughs> songs. It's the death of Buddy Holly, my all-time favorite singer, and Richie Valens and Big Bopper, and I did a whole half-hour special on that one that one song. So that me, it meant a lot to me. So I appreciate her saying that. Okay, we need to. Oh, um, looking at the calendar, announcement changes, documents. Before, before you go to that, can I just add one thing? Yeah. You know, Mr. James talks about the contract we had with Mr. Bickford. We entered into a contract with Mr. Bickford because we wanted to retain his services. We did not want to let him go. There were four ways he could leave. He could quit, and we wouldn't owe him a penny. He could retire, and we wouldn't owe him a penny. He could be, he could be dismissed for, for cause. We wouldn't owe him a penny. In this case, Mr. Pickford was, was released, terminated, or however, however Mr. James would like to put it. He was let go because, with no cause, and that it was the only thing that would kick in that contract. So when he tells you that it was at, the, at our fault that we entered into that contract, we entered into that contract hoping that that guy would stay here and, and retire from Sycamore Township. We didn't want him to leave. That's why we entered into a contract with him. And I might add that there, uh, of, the, uh, of the 12 townships in Sycamore Township, uh, in uh, Hamlin County, probably half of, those, half of those people have contracts, just so you know. So, and uh, the last thing I will add is that as of this year, under the formula that he was being paid, he would have been the lowest paid administrator in Hamilton County. So I will leave it at that. I just want to clarify that because oftentimes we hear Mr. James suggest that we entered into a bad deal. We entered into a great deal with, with, with Greg Bickford. He was, a, he was a great employee. He was our best employee. And for, for him to suggest anything short of that, is um, uh, I, I want to correct the record. So I'm, I'm all done with that. Uh, then I need to correct the record as well. I was not suggesting Mr. Bickford was not a very good employee for the township, but I stand by my other comments. And as to the contract, it in fact did require a buyout with retirement. If someone were fired for cause, as defined in the contract, correct, the buyout didn't have to happen. But the way cause was defined in the contract was so narrow and it gave a 30-day cure period for whatever the cause was that it was practically meaningless. So anyway, happy to discuss it outside of the meeting with anyone who has questions or send me an email. But this has been a long meeting and we have more to do in executive session. And that wasn't the only contract that was entered into that way with uh, uh, 
perpetual contract that went on forever and ever and ever. And, oh, it, um, and, and I'm sorry, I would add, I did, that, I did review the other township administrator contracts from around the county, by the way, as well. And in fact, the severance periods were significantly shorter in almost every one of them. We haven't moved to well, go into executive session yet. yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. I yeah, but th thank you, but we have not moved to go into session yet. So, um, I have that's all my comments. Okay, announcement changes, document shredding for residents, as Mr. Cullum's noted, uh, June 20th, 10 a.m., 2 p.m., uh, parking lot behind the building here. And, um, trash bash you mentioned coming up in September. We're getting more information on that as we move along. Our next trustee workshop meeting is on June 16th at 9 o'clock. And for other scheduled uh, items that we have in the township, you can check our website. And I move now to, we need a motion to enter in a, into an executive session to discuss ongoing litigation as permitted by the Ohio Revised Code, Section 121-22G. Can we, do we? Second. Talk, what's the, the pro protocol, because he just mentioned personnel so we can be, can we combine the two or do we have to do those separate no you can combine the two but um and i'm sure mr weedman was going to be more specific when we got to the executive session part of the agenda but we do want to state whether or not it's to consider the employment discipline compensation of a public employee or official okay so um i would like to enter in for uh, uh for discipline of a public employee <clears throat> okay, so we're gonna we're gonna enter into an executive session to discuss ongoing litigation as permitted by the Ohio Revised Code, Section 121-22. We're also going to discuss uh, personnel, uh, dis discipline, dis uh, discipline of a public employee. Discipline of a public employee. Second. Okay, and uh, we have a second. Yeah, second. And I would like to invite the following people to join the trustees in this executive session. Uh, Rob Porter, Deepak Desai, Scott Solman, Ray Warwick, Tracy Kellams, Skylar Miller, and the trustees. And we, we need a vote. And we're going to adjourn this part of our meeting. We, we, we have to vote, vote on it first, gentlemen. Okay, yeah. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Okay, and the time, mark the time at uh, 9.43, and we will go on.
We're out of executive session. It is now 1026. Now? Okay. <laughs> uh, I move that we authorize. Oh, do you guys have to move to come back into? Oh, that, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Move we return to regular session. Twenty. Uh, Ten twenty-seven. Second. Ten twenty-seven. We're now coming back into our regular meeting schedule, leaving executive session. We have a motion. You have a motion and a second already. Yeah. Okay. All in favor? Aye. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. Who wrote the motion down? <laughs> Mr. James, you have the motion? If, if I recall. Uh, I move that we authorize expending up to $5,000 to retain Geis Consulting LTD to provide consulting services in relation to a potential TIF in the township. Pending and pending litigation. For settlement of pending litigation. Second. Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Motion to adjourn. Thank you, John. Second. Motion to adjourn. It's now 10 All in favor? Aye. <coughs> We're supposed aye. to vote on adjourning. Motion to adjourn? Aye. Tracy, did I blind you? I'm sorry.